0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at
1: Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money saver tire and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Here's Taylor Ward driving one toward deep left field. O'Neill's going to watch it go as that ball is gone. Taylor Ward strikes a three-run homer, and the Angels have put up a four spot here in the top of the first against Steven Matz. We got to get to the point where um, you don't have to get punched in the face to to get to that aggressiveness where where you're getting after it and making pitches. Um, Looked like he was trying to be too fine early on and then uh, started attacking a little bit more. But the, the last four innings were exactly what we needed.
0: Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Cardinals fall again
2: last night oh, to the nasty, Angels.
0: Anthony, don't yeah. you worry. Yeah, when we say let's get nasty, it could mean let's get nasty in this show. Didn't well, the you Cardinals saw it again last night.
3: Let's yeah, probably. Nasty,
0: they started like
3: the original nasty.
0: They started listening to the show, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we've got nasty play for you.
3: We got you, fast lane. You
0: want uh, runners in scoring position? We got you covered. You want those runners in? You can go blank whoa, yourself. Whoa, whoa,
3: Anthony. I would just like runners on the bases. But well, you had it last night. Well, four times. I mean... Four hits.
0: You could have could have got back in that game My guy at some one point. I got one
3: Goldie. Goal. No. I can't celebrate? No. Okay.
0: No, absolutely <sighs> not. Did Tommy Edmund get a damn hit? I don't think he did, did oh,
3: he? Oh, I don't even know. He was crying at one point.
0: Am I up to six now? Six straight misses? Ah!
3: Yeah. You haven't had hell a hit it. in six straight games? That's correct. You should be a Cardinal.
0: Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I should be Nolan ornato because I started...
3: Oh, oh, my God! I started,
0: like, seven hit, seven consecutive hits.
3: That's your guy, too. Wow. You are a savage right now. Tommy Edmund Start did to get a the hit. Around. Yes! <laughs> Mike up. Trout
4: did not get a hit. Oh, no! no. He got a blow. leadoff
3: walk, though. No,
4: that was me. Oh, that was you. I had... I thought T-Bone had. Tr- oh, no, yeah, Renfro. Renfro. And Renfro did get a hit. He did get a hit. So, Hi. all of you guys. So, yes, congratulations. Jamie, can celebrate. <laughs> yeah!
1: Woo! <laughs> oh, oh, no.
3: This lineup game isn't as fun now. Uh, copy and honest. paste. I don't yeah. even care. Say anything. Give me Luke and Baker. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea.
0: Both the way Zeninga pitched in the ninth inning last night, I want you to bring all these kids up.
3: Anthony, don't tempt me. <laughs> I swear, to, I, I swear I'm on only, everything holy.
0: I'm only half kidding.
3: That if I was John Mozeliak right now, every guy that I could sit, bench, or option, I would, and I would bring up a bunch of hungry young guys: Yepes, Luke and Baker, Libertor. Like, let's go. That ain't gonna happen. But anyways, it's a nice thought. All right. All right,
0: lineup game.
3: Who we got? To, who we got on the bump tonight? Yeah,
0: I was hoping you'd ask me that. It's Shohei Otani <laughs> <What>? tonight. <laughs> ah,
3: By the way, we I thought felt Sandoval was it, throwing grease BBs last night. It went
0: good too, boy.
3: Like we thought he was gonna be.
0: Do you remember when the Cardinals used to hit lefties?
3: <laughs> yeah, last yeah,
0: season last when they season. were good uh-huh. when they had Albert. True. Yeah. Anyways, you got Shohei Otani on the on the hill uh, tonight. He didn't play last night.
3: Oh, he's gonna be hungry too
0: didn't need to because again angels won All five right. to one
3: but so, he is a right hander jamie yeah it's an interesting uh conundrum here Uh-huh. we got a lot of left bats yeah you do that aren't doing much damage nope i would lead gorman off
0: i think it's gonna be newt
3: it's gonna be newt no yes
0: yes i think it's gonna be newt. why
3: wouldn't you do it the dramatics alone shohei newt Two of the greatest players in the league.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing the narratives. Yeah,
3: you know why? Why not, Anthony? Why not? Let's go. Show us. No. Oh, Alright. That's one.
0: Goldie has been in this spot.
3: Yeah, and Goldie's fine. Well, yeah. he's fine. He went one for four last night. Right, he got ahead. All right. I would go with uh, Paul Goldschmidt, please. I love gold. This is going to be Nolan Gorman. Correct. Yeah. Show us
0: Nolan Gorman.
2: Storm and He's taking the league by storm.
0: Ugh. Uh, can I, man? Andrew I... Kisner?
3: <laughs> uh, Taylor yeah. Mutter.
0: He drove in the run last night, so you got to start kids daddy again. Luke and can I?
3: Can that kid that pitch last night? Zaninga, can you hit? At this point I'm
2: willing to find out.
3: All right, go ahead Anthony. Show us. No Leonardo.
2: Can I say one more thing? Sure. Albert Pujols, I love you, man.
3: He loves you too. He's worried about you though.
0: Hmm. This is Wilson, I would imagine. Dh yeah. Dh last yeah, night. Yeah, He's gonna yeah, be yeah. back behind the They're dish tonight. The They're
3: not going with the kids' experience again. Hey, yeah, he got the only RBI. Yeah,
0: he had a fielder's choice RBI last night. So,
3: so, fielder's huh? so, right choice, huh? I for choice, but I do. The Stalter's <laughs> choice is usually more difficult. Though. It's yeah. way more difficult. Yes, it is. Go ahead, Anthony. Show us Wilson Contreras.
1: Wilson. 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 Okay. Hey.
0: Le- lefty or uh, sorry, righty on the bump. I think this is the lefty Alec Burleson. I don't think it's re- O'Neill.
3: Okay, but where's Paul DeYoung going to fit into this?
0: Probably seventh.
3: I would imagine. Is he going to play? Yes. Why? I don't know. Why would you not go? Why would you not go Tommy Edmund at shortstop today? Brendan Donovan at second. Okay, I like that. All right, I like it. Like, why would you not?
0: Booted one. DeYoung booted one yesterday. Plus the righty lefty. I'm I'm good with that. Yes.
3: All right. So I still don't know who's batting six.
0: I think it's Burleson.
3: Well, where the hell is he going to play? Left field? Probably. Oh, my. Go ahead, Anthony. It's your show.
0: No, it's our show. You're
3: right. It's our show, Anthony. Yeah, what fight? do you think? Yeah, go ahead.
0: Ooh. It's my first decision. It's a real Stalter's choice. <laughs> is- show us, Alec Burleson.
5: Ooh,
3: Burleson. You're so rugged and manly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that
0: one Whew. gets me, man.
3: That one gets me. <laughs> Makes uh, you feel weird.
6: Yeah, but not, yeah, uncomfortable. not uncomfortable.
3: Yeah. You know, Anthony. <laughs> um, <laughs> <all right>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> e. seventh for your Cardinals. So
0: Donovan. we, so we Tyler think O'Neil. we think Donovan is in the lineup, yeah, and it? Donovan and Edmund will probably be eight nine. Is is my guess.
3: Yeah. Um, so now we have to figure out is New playing need, center field.
0: Yeah, he's probably in center.
3: Burleson. Burleson's
0: probably in left.
3: Where's Gorman? So- DH.
0: Yeah, Gorman's DH Goldie will be first, Arnado so third. So you need a
3: right fielder or a center fielder rather.
0: Okay, so you could do Carlson, Carlson here. Yeah. And then yeah.
3: Yeah. DC. Go ahead. Show me DC, baby. Hey! Carl! Good to see you. There we Is go. it? All right.
0: Then Donnie Brooke.
3: You it's Donnie here? And then Edmund. I do. Okay. I like that. Show us. Brendan donovan
1: done done done
3: go ahead anthony this Is your guy show us the hitting machine tommy edmund but right now i'm gonna need you tommy boy to get this place going yeah we're really gonna need that
4: actually mm-hmm. all right run it marsh all right leading off international superstar lars newt in right field Batting second, Paul Goldschmidt. He's playing first. Batting third, the DH. Nolan Gorman. Cleanup hitter, third baseman. Nolan Arnado. Batting fifth, Wilson Contreras. He's behind the dish. Batting sixth, in left field, Alec Burleson. Batting seventh, in center, Dylan Carlson. Batting eighth, second baseman, Brendan Donovan. And the shortstop. Batting ninth, Tommy (laughs) Edmond.
7: Back, 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 back! Stay, fair! stay, fair, stay, fair, stay fair. Go
3: foul! Fair, go foul! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run! Guys, before we get to the home run, when you look at this lineup, yeah, because I write it down every day, and I know you do Same. too, Anthony. Like that doesn't look like a lineup that sucks. It doesn't. Hmm. No, take, in, take out the fact to Remove yeah. their stats from this
0: season <laughs> I was about to say It looks bad to me now But, but yes, I but know what you're saying When
3: you look at this You go Bar, Goldie Gorman Ar- Arenado Contreras Burleson Who knows Like, you know, whatever Line in the weeds Line in the weeds I think that's the most confusing part Is when you look at this lineup It's it's not bad But the product yeah. is It's really weird
4: I think Dylan Carlson batting seven Him against Le... Uh, him batting left handed hasn't been all that great.
3: But name one time.
4: <laughs> yeah, just pull a baseball reference. All right, Marsh. Let's go, baby. Go ahead. I'm gonna start it off Lars new Son
0: ball. of a yes,
3: two days. I mean, in you're a row, you are talking about, about the narrative.
4: Um I think he I think he hits a home run. First, First inning. pitch. First pitch. First
3: pitch. Yeah. Otani's gonna try and throw the gas 100%. It's his buddy. He's gonna be like, I got you, watch this. Here comes the gas. You can't catch my gas. That's what he's going to mm-hmm. say, Anthony. Or he'll totally fool him with
4: a changeup, like Harry and Rowan Gardner did.
3: <laughs> Harry? <laughs> I
4: think it was Henry, wasn't it? Henry. No, Henry Rowengardner. Oh, those at Harry. No. Harry no. Was really That's young. his brother. Henry totally fooled him with a changeup!
0: <laughs> You're sick, Jamie. Go ahead.
4: Just float it in. <laughs> it's, <Just laughs> it's float it. Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> Alright. You sicko. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if... Uh, never mind. Yep. Go
0: Let ahead, go. Jamie. Let it there go, you, go you know what? You know what you have that <laughs> what? You, just, what you just illustrated is you have what's called a filter in your mind. Somewhere along the line, Jamie either had one and lost it or never had one. I don't one. think he ever did. He was born it without knocked, the filter. I
3: think I got it knocked out Probably. of me. Probably.
0: <laughs> that filter is long gone. Oh, now it's you don't dusty. like it.
3: Now you don't like it. All of a sudden. Hey, Anthony, remember I'm, the good old days? Remember I'm the stating, turn? Hey. Remember you used to I'm like stating
0: me? a fact. I love it. I'm just stating a fact right now. I I saw what Marsh did. I saw the wheels turning and he shut it down.
3: Yeah. So what are you saying? Are he's, you he's, his mind are is you in disciplining a, me right now? His is mind is a car.
0: Or he's driving said car. What
3: do you think you're Ollie? Calling and, me out in front of everybody? And
0: he put he put that thing into neutral. <laughs> Your brain works where it's like, should I just... No, let's just... (laughs) Straight gas. Anthony,
3: it has benefited me so well in life, too. Very true. Great life choices.
0: Who's your home run derby? Call.
3: This is going to be a great choice for sure. Uh, Well, this one's a no-brainer. Just go
0: ahead and say it. Go Go, ahead.
3: Go ahead. See if you can pick it. Nolan Gorman. Yeah, it's my guy. Old Gormy. Mm. That was bad. (laughs) The Gormy part? The Gormy.
0: All right, I'll take. You were gonna go for him. Yeah, I'll take. Uh, I'll take Alec Burleson. I don't feel great about it, but given the choices, <laughs>
4: I don't think we feel great about I don't any think, of yeah, these picks. Right? If they're wearing,
0: if they're wearing a Cardinals uniform, you're not feeling good
3: right now. I want my Alec Burleson tonight, honestly. One extra button undone on the uniform. Ah. Reverse comb that chest hair oh, like Anthony go, does. Doing, yeah. the, doing
0: the Luke Voigt.
3: Get get yeah. a little poof. Gold chain. Actually, the, the Anthony Star. The, chest hair. the Anthony Stalter home kit. Mm-hmm. Give it to Burley. <laughs> Don't
0: forget the wristbands. <laughs>
3: Don't worry, he's got those. Yeah, and he steps up to the plate. He just gives a wink to <laughs> Shohei. <laughs> And then Shohei goes straight gas. <laughs>
0: Outside corner. Dots it. Three pitches caught looking. Uh,
4: from the six-three-six, <laughs> he turns back to the dugout and everybody's like, why didn't you swing? I didn't see it.
3: I didn't want to disturb my chest here. <laughs> I didn't see it.
4: Uh, from the six-three-six, instead of home runs, you should just pick who's going to get the first single. I'm uh, to then re- a uh, bad word, <laughs> sake, no bombs being hit. Maybe it's a psych psych
0: it's
4: probably from the 90s no uh, so it was for blank sake
0: oh, oh I got you okay yeah Anthony I feel you on that one All right. Oh. it's the fast line on 101 ESPN 215 your time check is brought to you by Clarkson and jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler Cardinals and the Halos tonight 645 Miles McCollis versus Shohei Ohtani should be a good one a for the Angels Uh, Has Steven Match pitched himself right into the bullpen? I would hope so. That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Obviously, coming off of a road trip like we did and then having an off day, you, you want to you go out there and throw up a zero and and, and do something offensively. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case tonight.
0: Ollie Marmel talking about Stephen Matz's performance, if you can call it that.
3: Okay, Anthony, how do the wheels fall off like that on a professional baseball player?
0: For Steven Matz?
3: Yeah, like, I, I'm not being a jerk right now. Yeah, I you're fe- wondering. I actually feel really bad for him. He signed a four-year contract. I wouldn't say high expectations, but expectations nonetheless to mm-hmm. come here and help the rotation and be a St. Louis Cardinal. Like, a, a historic franchise. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. And he comes in and gets hurt first season, and this season, I mean, wow, woof. It's been dreadful. What happens to a guy? Like next time we get BT on here, I gotta ask BT, Marshy, make a note of that because God knows I'll forget. Mm. I gotta ask him like, <laughs> how do the wheels just fall off for a guy like that?
0: You know, I'm lo- I'm looking at his profile with Toronto, two, 2021, 2022. He was always he's always been a guy that's that's given up, you know, hard hits. The the spin on his fastball has never been that impressive. Curveball spins never been that impressive. This is somebody that has relied mostly on ground balls heavy sinker get ground balls and those heavy sinkers are are, are even even the outs are loud the I, I don't know I can't remember what what a bat it was but he was in trouble again at one point and he gave up an absolute laser to get out of the inning but it was hit it was hit right on the screws to Dylan Carlson so again even the even the outs are loud at this point for Steven Matz but there's nothing in his profile. Going back to Toronto or before that, that looks off from what it is right now.
3: But then what the hell did you sign him for? Great point. Like, I'm, I'm not even being malicious right now. I just, like, I, I, that just pops in my head. That Why would you sign this guy then? You looked at, you just took 30 seconds mm-hmm. and looked at his, his statistics, his analytics.
0: Yep. Hard hit rate, exit velocity, barrel rate.
3: We know the Cardinals, as much as our listeners, some of them might not like, the management, or Mo, or whatever. I can tell you this: they didn't just drop a dart and go. Ah, let's sign Mats. They did the research. Mm-hmm. They talked to scouts. They did the video thing. They did the analytics, and yet they still gave him four years.
4: It might be because they ran out of options heading into next season. I feel like maybe they waited too long. I
0: also think he he fits the profile of what is currently killing the Cardinals right now, pitching wise. He gets ground balls. Miles Michaelis, he gets ground balls. I don't think it's a bad approach for a baseball team,
4: any baseball team, to play to the park.
3: Yeah, but four years?
4: The problem with him, he's <sighs> leaving. Going is he
3: plan on pushing the walls back further?
4: He's leaving everything <laughs> up. Yeah, have to. That's his problem. He gets two strikes, one-two count, two-two count. He's leaving everything up, change-up up. He's going outside. He's not attacking guys inside. He's leaving those pitches up, and they're, they're getting... They're getting hit. He he's probably does have the confidence though. Yesterday, and uh, got hit out of the park. He he's he is somebody though that has lived up in the
0: zone in previous years. That's why he throws that heavy. He's kind of unique in that way, where he throws a heavy sinker. And that normally you want the sinker obviously to start middle and then drop, but for him, a lot of times he will starts get, high and drops it in. Yeah, and he'll get he'll get either that swing and miss, or he'll get that ground ball. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that he's he is missing because obviously he's getting he's getting hit hard. He is missing high, but that that isn't unlike his profile in previous years either. When I'm looking at his ground his ground ball rate over the last X amount of years, he's his ground ball rate right now is 47.4 percent. That is the highest. I'm just doing a quick quick look through. Yeah, in 2020, his ground ball rate was 32.6 percent. In 2019, that eh, was about 47. I mean. I don't know. This is somebody, again, that profiled as somebody that could get ground. Steven Matz could get ground balls. And when you're have a when you supposed to have a good defense, you don't have one right now, you're supposed to have a good defense, and the ballpark at Bush, it's it's supposed to play more toward pitchers. It's fair, but it's mostly, played, mostly toward pitchers. You look at Steven Matz's profile and say, we don't care about the strikeouts. We don't care that the, the ball is put in play a lot because we've got good defense. So I understand why they, they, tar- they may have targeted him. But when you look at it now – and again, the rate, right, all the all the metrics suggest this is who he is as a pitcher, but the outcome's a lot different. Now you're in trouble.
4: So what do you do with him? Do you put him to the? You, you send him to the bullpen?
0: Yes. Because, you have to.
3: Yes. Oh, you absolutely have to. I'm just
4: wondering because he, obviously that first inning not great, four runs, but then he goes four scoreless innings, and it makes you wonder as a fan, is this? Front office. See the first is, innings is, a problem. See if he's management... in the bullpen,
3: he doesn't have a first inning. Exactly. It could
4: be the six. <laughs> Do they look at the the previous four and be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe uh, we can trot him out there for another start because we liked what we they, saw. They may look at it that way, Jamie, but I'm not.
3: No, but so here's the issue though. You've got Jake Woodford, who, well, I found out yesterday he's not doing great. No. Um <laughs> and you've got Steven Matz, who is not doing great. And you only have one Adam Wainwright that's coming back from the I. L. And we don't know. What that's going to look like? Right. He's pitched well in the minors with his rehab. St- He's pitched well, but what does it look like at the major league level? Last time we saw Wayno on the bump at the major league level wasn't great. Mm-mm. So, but let's assume that Wayno's fine. Great. I hope he is. But what else? I'm, I'm <laughs> you got, making. You're leaving Woodford in the rotation. No,
0: I'm making two moves, Jamie. Is
3: it <laughs> Libertor time? Yes. Yes. I'm serious.
0: I am. It, depending now, I don't. I, I don't know when Libertor pitched last. But I am lining it up. Who cares?
3: I, I said this. Bob let, Gibson would pitch two days ago. I know. <laughs>
0: it was Bob Gibson, though, different time. I said this to Danny Mack last week. I would line up Matthew Libertor on Steven Matz's day for so sure. that both of them are starting at the same time. So that if Steven Matz has another clunker like he did last night, I could bring up Matthew Libertor. But Adam Wainwright is, is lined up for his return on Saturday. I would take Woodford.
3: Is that Woody's? Yes. Supposed to be start?
0: Yes. I would, I think, I, I I would take Woodford. I would send him down. I would option. I would option Woodford down. Bring up Libertor. Mats to the bullpen. And now I've made two changes to my starting rotation.
4: And that makes sense because you did send Zach Thompson down to Memphis. Stephen Matz would take over for maybe that yes, lefty spot. Exactly. Get him out of those high danger situations because you have JoJo Romero and. Um, Jeez, and Cabby, who's been pitching really well. Yes, that's what I would do. By the way, April 29th was his last start. April 29th was Libertor's last yeah. start. and he <clears throat> com- he so gave up three hits. Okay, three walks. I mean that's nine one, strikeouts, two, three,
0: nine Ks, nine Ks. One, two, three, four, five. So he could. I mean, he could pitch. He could pitch at any point from today on. That's that's that is exactly what I would do. But if Libertor obviously makes his next start in Memphis, you're not you're you're probably not going to see I'd that hold then. Him out. So would I? I'd make two moves. Now is this going to solve everything? I don't know. But you got to do something.
3: I'd have him pitch like a, a bullpen session on the day he's supposed to start, like two or three innings, yes. like pitches, just to keep him going.
0: Absolutely. Which is which is normal, anyways. <laughs> yeah. But exactly.
3: So all in favor?
4: Aye. Okay. All right. Well, we just solved the Cardinals' issues. Mm. All right. Man, yesterday we. Actually, Marsh did it yesterday. We saw, yeah. But we're just adding on, you know, because mm. there's, there's a ton of issues, Anthony. Yeah, they're piled
0: up pretty pretty yeah. high right now. Are the Blues missing playoff caliber talents? Interesting question. We'll get to that next on 101
5: ESPN. The way to do your homework.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobb's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: We're all keeping an eye on the NHL playoffs. It's been a really fun NHL playoffs, especially if you like upsets. Florida upsetting Boston in the first round. You, of course, had Seattle with Bowie and that crazy playoff beard upsetting Colorado in the first round. And then last night, that same Seattle team hangs five on Dallas in OT to beat the Stars in Game 1 of the conference semis. And Florida, again, with an upset, this time in Toronto 4-2, over the Maple Leafs and the the crowd up in Toronto, I can't imagine is very happy right
3: now. So following the game, Paul Maurice, who's the head coach of the Panthers, basically said, this is a clash of two styles of play. We're heavy on the forecheck, and we play a physical brand of hockey and their speed and skill. At the end of the day, he said, I forget his exact quote. He goes, both, both animals are hungry, but at the end of the day, it's the one who doesn't get fed before the game that's going to win. I like that. I know. He's got some great quotes. Paul Maurice, if you've ever, honestly, if you ever want to go into a YouTube wormhole and you're interested in listening to somebody talk really, really good about hockey and just other stuff, Paul Maurice is incredible. His post-game pressers are like motivational speaker stuff. You're like listening. He's discussing a forecheck, and you're like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Dude, this is great.
0: I want to play for this guy. Yeah, I, I don't love have this guy. Any, I don't have any hockey skills, but i not play for him.
3: Anyways, he's got that Panthers team... I mean, they're playing really good hockey, and our guy, Chuck E. Cheese, Matthew could Kachuk, three more assists. Three
0: assists last night in and the win.
3: Guys are running around trying to hit him, and like, it's amazing what's going on with that Florida Panthers team, and they're getting great goaltending right now from Bobrovsky. They're relatively healthy overall as a team. The Maple Leafs have a ton of skill, ton of talent. Um... We'll see if what they learned in that Tampa Bay series, if they're able to apply it again, because they're gonna get punched in the face again, 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 because teams know that they're speed and skill, speed and skill. You added Achari, you added Luke Shen, you added Ryan O'Reilly. You've got some some grit-ish there. Achari's not a fighter, he's a physical guy. O'Reilly's not a fighter or a physical guy, but he works really hard. Luke Shen is both physical and he will fight you. But why would you even bother? Mm-hmm. I would just go continue to hit Morgan Riley all game long and make Luke Shen chase me around all night. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. Uh, but, yeah, tough.
0: Well, it is interesting thinking back to the Blues Cup run when they eventually – because Winnipeg was a heavy team. They were they were physical that they played in the first round. Dallas was a mix. They had their, – their defense was lacking big time, but they – the, the, They're really the, good offensive. The forward though. group was great. And, yeah. then, and then, of course, San Jose was, was all skill. And the Blues took it to them. And outside of the hand pass game, the Blues really dominated San Jose. I think we know what it takes at this level to play playoff hockey and to win this way because we, we saw it here in St. Louis. Florida's currently playing that way. Jamie, when you look at the Blues roster, yeah, do you think it has enough in either category the talent, no. the talent aspect, the, the skill aspect, as well as that ability to turn it on, be strong in the forecheck when it's most needed, which is right now.
3: The problem is they're a tweener team right now. That's the problem. Because you're not a heavy, physical forecheck team anymore, but you don't have enough speed and skill to just wow the opposition. So you're a tweener, which is a dangerous place to be because it's like, it's like being a player in any sport. If you don't excel at one particular thing, you're just one of many. Mm-hmm. You're a great player because you're in the majors or you're in the NHL and you're in the NFL. Like you're a great player to get to this point, but at this level, you're just like a normal everyday guy. What jack, do
0: you, jack of all trades?
3: What do you do that's special? So when you look at this Blues roster, what's the one element they have that they should like, that pushes them above? They don't have it yet, and that's where Army with his retool has got to get very specific with it. He has to figure out what the identity of this Blues team is going to be moving forward. If it's going to be speed and skill, then by all means, let's go. Pony up. Get some young legs in there. get some. Look at Seattle. Seattle doesn't have any real flashy names. They got some good players, but they play a fast brand of hockey. Every pass is on the tape. There's puck support all over the ice. They don't necessarily have to be fast with their feet, which they are, They move the puck quickly. So playing fast doesn't equal, like, skating fast all the time. But the Blues do have great skating. They have some guys that can really get it up there. Kairou, Thomas, I mean, Kapanen, uh, Verana. Like, go down the list. You've got guys who can bring the speed out there, but they need to have more more skill as far as the puck moving and puck support and better reads and better uh, team play. So what's the pivot? I think Army's got to make a decision here on whether or not you just go, a lot of skill or do you go with you start go the other way because when they were doing okay at the end of the season they were playing a more physical brand of hockey mm-hmm. Torpchenko was more prominent in the lineup and other guys like that were stepping up and
0: you started to turn around a little bit I know it was at the did. end but they started but to play better
3: that's what drags you back into the gray zone and you're like I don't know where, what we are anymore for me it starts on the on the blue line you're married to four of these guys their top four defensemen have no trade clauses. How do you get out of that predicament? I don't know. There's a, very, there's a varying ways you can do it. None of, one, is not going to be popular with the owner, which is buying people out. You don't like just like to pay a guy to be at home or to play for another team, for that matter. Uh, two is burying the guy in the minors, putting him on, on waivers. Gives you cap relief somewhat, not the full thing, but cap relief. But then what? Now you got a player that you're going to have to do it for several years. I just feel like the defense, to me, if they had more of an identity, and I don't mean they all have to be big oak trees back there, but be one or the other. You've got some puck-moving guys back there right now. you got Krug, Letty, Perunovic. you got some guys that can move the puck and play, but how did that work for you? If you look at some of these other teams, they've got, like, two guys that are predominantly offensive out there. The rest of them can skate and move and do all that stuff, but they play a real physical brand of hockey. And I'm talking about the playoff teams remaining. I'm not talking about just, like, the regular season. You look at Florida Panthers. Brandon Montour is a stud, defenseman. They've got him playing with Mark Stahl. What is Mark Stahl? He's like a Joel Edmondson or a Carl Gunnarsson. He's just big, steady Stay at home. Vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla nothing, ice cream. Nothing spicy there. And you look through the lineups of all of these teams that are having success. They've got a couple of guys that you can go, okay, that guy jumps in the play and does a pretty good job. And the rest of them are like steady, physical, good outlet pass, heavy sticks. Like, But again, you've got four your top four defensemen with no trade clauses right now. So Army's got work to do. He, one, he has to identify what this team's going to look like moving forward. What brand of hockey are they going to pick as their style? Then two, what do you do with the, the defense core? And three, how much youth do you put into this lineup next year? Yeah.
4: We get a text from the 636. Why can't different lines play different styles, have each line play to their strengths, and challenge teams with speed and other lines go heavy?
3: Okay, so in theory, that sounds like, oh, that's easy, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is throughout a game, you have different pairings that play with different lines at times. So if you've got uh, a heavy defense pairing out there and they're playing with the speed and skill, the forecheck's going to look completely different than it did for your heavy line up front. So your systems would have to be different then for each line that goes out there. Then what that does is it limits the coach on being able to shuffle lines when things aren't going right or heaven forbid there's an injury. Now what? Now what if you've got to put a physical guy or a heavy player on a line with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo? What happens to that line now? Which way do they play? So you have the push and pull effect of within three guys, they don't really know what they're playing. So that's why you have to have a a blanket system for the group. And being a a heavy four-check team doesn't mean you have to put somebody through the boards. Ryan O'Reilly was part of the... Heavy four-check game of the St. Louis Blues. I don't know if he had more than 20 body checks in a season. I'm not joking. Yeah. David Perron would get in there and muck it up, but he wasn't a guy that you intimidated players physically, but he got in there heavy on the four-check, got sticks on pucks and got bodies in the way. So you don't have to be a Pat Maroon-esque player. I'd love to have him, but you don't have to be that guy in order to have a heavy four-check.
0: The question is, it makes sense in theory. But not in practice. I understand what you said about the break breakdown of each line. Yeah, what, if you have an injury, and once the and then puck like, is
3: dropped, uh, everything goes to like right. W- what do you do now?
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds good, though. It does it's fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN. One of the other underlying issues right now with the Cardinals we have not seen in quite a while. We'll tell you what that is next on one hundred and one ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN.
0: It's the lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Cardinals get going again tonight. They'll take on Shohei Otani and the LA Angels looking to snap a four-game losing streak after losing last night to the Angels 5-1. Jamie, one of the things, one of the, the underlying issues for the Cardinals, and boy, there's a lot of issues, has been the fundamentals. You saw it again last night. Paul DeYoung had an opportunity on the backhand. He picks that cleanly, gets a clean throw over to second base. He's likely getting the lead runner out in that situation. It might be bang-bang, but that's a play that a, a, a shortstop needs to make at this level. Mm-hmm. And so that's a play, quite frankly, that Paul DeYoung has made it many times throughout his, th- throughout his career. We're, we're seeing the defense. And when I say fundamentals, really, the defense shouldn't be in the fundamental category, but we're including defense and base running. Just that heads-up play. How about Mike Trout, first to third immediately? He sees that ball
3: get through. You can't pick Trouty.
0: I'm gonna pick guy. Trouty. Come on. I'm gonna pick Mike Trout.
3: He's one of the best base runners in baseball.
0: Let's get to his level. <laughs>
3: okay. Let's drive.
0: Let's strive to be the best, Jamie. I
3: I let's don't strive, disagree. Let's
0: strive to be the disagree. best. Mike Trout goes from first to third. Did he
3: give a full effort on that?
0: Damn right he did.
3: That's amazing what happens.
0: When now he's bad. already got the contract, so maybe that that's in play. Yeah, he's allowed. You know, to. when you're when you don't have the contract, maybe you don't want to. Hurt yourself. So
3: Either way, Anthony, as yes, yeah. you were.
0: So the fundamental place has has eroded under Ollie, at least this yeah. season.
3: Uh, so let me ask you this, then. Do you think they focused too heavily on bats at this point? Because a couple of years ago, under Mike Schilt, and we'll just say that because Shilty was here at the time, the team defensively was, I mean, great. Great. And last year, too, defensively, they're a great team. But this is a substantially different-looking team now. You've got you've got the addition of Alec Burleson. We know there's no Gold Glove there. You've got Nolan Gorman in the lineup at times. No Gold Glove there. No potential of that. I don't think. Could be crazy. Yeah, probably not. You know, and
0: won't play enough.
3: No, you're right. He won't. He won't qualify for that. Um, Good hitter though. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they've gone so offensively. Like they're they're concentrating on that more, and they've kind of put the other on the back burner.
0: Jamie, you you're illustrating a point that I used to make about the defense under Mike Matheny, and then when it when it switched over to Mike Schilt, because the defense did improve dramatically.
3: Well, he flipped it on its head.
0: He he certainly focused on it, but it's not like Mike Matheny, and I highly doubt that Ali Marmel is saying that hey, screw defense, don't worry about it, boys, we'll just go out and hit. I, don't, I highly doubt that's the thing. Or I highly doubt that's what's happening. But, Jamie, what you just noted there, I used to say this all the time. When Mike Matheny had his roster at the tail end, you look at that, that defense compared to Schilt's defense, you also got better defensive players.
3: You yeah, got, but if that was the focus then.
0: you got Right. So you got Paul Goldschmidt, who could do everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You got Harrison Bader playing mostly in center field at the time. You had better. Def- you got better defensive players, so then you got a better defense. To your point, you started to change your roster a little bit this year, where you got Burleson and Jordan Walker. I'm going to throw him in this category because it it had, it didn't it wasn't always clean throughout April when he was in right field. I know he's young, I know he's learning, and all that. But the, the fact re-
3: baseman Anthony.
0: But the fact remains that there was some there was there was a lot of misplays out in right field as well. Your outfield has gone from. Man, you could put, you have three center fielders to you've got one center fielder depending on the matchup, and then we'll see if we need offense on that that given night. So I think that explains the 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 outfield defense. When you got Tommy Edmund making mistakes defensively, you got Paul DeYoung making mistakes defensively, that I think that 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 that's that is unexplainable to me so outside here, of pressure.
3: Here's a question I have for you. And I don't know the answer to this. Don't know the inner workings of baseball on a daily basis as far as what they do before the games they play almost every single day so practice as i understand practice to be of practicing hard every day you're not playing Mm. there's no such thing so in baseball with limited practice time right now do you think that maybe the cardinals are focusing way too much on the batting cage like is that a possibility to where the fundamentals or the defensive play have taken a bit of a backseat because you don't really have a lot of time mm-hmm. to practice, air quotes, like to whatever defined practice during baseball right. season, right? Again, it's probably a question for BT. I, I don't know what an ordinary day at the baseball park looks like as far sure. as their practice is concerned.
0: They'll take, they'll take ground balls. They'll, take, they'll, they'll shag fly balls.
3: Yeah, but what's the focus on it? Like the, what? Like most, how focused are they on
0: it? There, you would pre, you would likely get with with your individual coach in that matter. So, like the middle the middle uh, infielders will get together, and they'll focus on certain things, whether that's turning double plays or getting in position, depending if there's a runner on or runner off. So they'll they'll usually get together. Your corners will usually get together, and your outfielders will get together. I imagine there is an emphasis each and every each and every day they go to the ballpark on defense. To your larger point, do, do, is there an, is maybe there a need to have greater focus right now on that and saying, okay, offensively we know where we're at, we're struggling right now, we're going over everything we need to in meetings, but defensively we have got to shore this up because this this cannot happen when you don't have good starting pitching and you don't have you're not hitting you're not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, you have. No margin for error when it comes to mistakes on the base pass or defensively. Those two things get magnified when you're not doing the other two. And that, I think, is what's going on right now. It's, the problems are magnified. Mm-hmm. So whether or not there needs to be extra practice, extra attention to that, I, I don't know. Or just a full scale. It, okay, we're not hitting. Nobody's hitting right now. We're going we to lean, Anthony, we're gonna lean our defense. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it tonight, too. <laughs> Unfortunately.
4: So go ahead, Marsh. Uh, from the six-three-six, the infield was used to the shift. Now they have to move uh, from left to right more instead of the ball getting hit right to them like last yeah, year. Yeah, but with I the would argue maybe that's, then maybe it's a player thing.
3: Okay, but now but here's my pushback on that. The range of their infield is great. It really is. Like the foot speed and the range of those guys. Arenado can almost track down a baseball at second base from third. Goldie, his range is great. Tommy Edmond has good range Brendan Donovan is good I, so the shift although it's probably you know problematic to a certain extent for every team and maybe more so for the Cardinals I don't know I'd have to look at you know hits that were had this year as opposed to last year and be way too much time in the video room and on the old computer here to figure that one out but I feel like you have an infield that might have some of the best range in baseball. I, I mean, think you've got two of the best corners.
0: Yeah, that, there's no question there, but maybe the the lack of the shift is exposing maybe what we thought was was great range.
3: I mean, maybe, maybe.
0: Either way, other teams have to deal with it, and they're right. they're not
4: they're not booting the ball constantly. Well, a lot of their mistakes though are are at key times throughout the game, and the pitching staff is not able to work around them. Yeah. Which is another thing to pile on to this mess so far this season. I think
0: to that point, March, this goes back to my identity thing. What do you fall back on when, when the crap hits the fan? And you can't fall back on anything right now if you're the Cardinals. There is a leak that occurs every single night. They patch up the boat, they get back in the boat, and at some point, whether it's the offense, the base running, the defense, the pitching, there's a leak that's, that, that springs at some point. And then you're back in the same situation night after night. Not great. What is great though is that we got Thomas Red tickets, huh, guys? Huh? Yeah, baby. There you go. Thank you. What? Got a special guest too with him, Cole Swindell. Saturday, Gosh, May 20th. Yeah. Saturday, May 20th at Enterprise Center. Tickets are now on sale, or you can win them right here with 101 ESPN. Win Thomas Red tickets, 314 399 9646. It's the Air Comfort Service text line. Here's your question Jamie. In the first segment, I believe, or maybe it was the second segment, said that a certain Cardinal should pop the collar tonight or pop pop the button, maybe get the chest hair flowing a little bit, yeah, he should. get that swagger going. Aqua on that chest Absolutely. hair. Absolutely. Which Cardinal does Jamie think needs to go almost full bore Luke Void
3: tonight? <laughs> Full Borstalter.
0: If you have the answer to that and you're the 101st taxer, 314-399-9646 to the Air Comfort Service tax line, you'll go see Thomas Red on May 20th. Is the answer for the starting rotation down in – actually, no, I'm sorry. We'll save that for later. We're going to talk to Steve Chapman.
3: Yeah, our guy Chappie.
0: We're going to talk to him about something the Blues and the Cardinals are pushing for. Vice
3: President of the Blues hot business operations
0: there you go we're going to talk we're going to talk to chappy about something the blues and the cardinals are certainly pushing for but the state of missouri has not been at all, all board on
3: we are though yes we are
1: that's
0: next on 101 espn
3: we're right back to the fast lane
1: podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
0: The fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we are pleased to be joined by the executive vice president, chief revenue and marketing officer, Steve Chapman of your St. Louis Blues. Chappy, how are you today?
3: Hey, Anthony, I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Doing great, Chappy. We're fine. We're just wondering um, what what's wrong with the Cardinals. Can you help us out here? <laughs> That's what you need. You need ribs and Chappie today. To a <laughs> couple of baseball guys. Yeah, a couple of baseball guys. Anthony, speaking of, of our guy Chappie here, I'm watching the Cardinals game. It's a beautiful day outside, and lo and behold, I look up on my TV screen, and there's Steve Chapman in those green seats that we covered <laughs> really? so much. Hmm. Chappie, nicely done, my friend.
8: Hey, it's good to have good friends. That's all I can say.
3: <laughs> you do have my number, right, Chappie? <laughs> yourself with people better than you are, you'll go a long way. Like, boy, that's, that's just great a, advice. That's pretty much every room I walk into. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> d- despite <laughs> <laughs>
0: unbelievable, uh, despite us wanting to really know your thoughts on the Cardinals, Steve, we we wanted to have Jan to talk about the legislation uh, right here in Missouri when it comes to sports betting and whatever the issue is. And that's actually where I want to start with you, Steve. Why why has this been such an issue in Missouri getting it approved? With the success that sports betting has had in Illinois for several years now, uh, Michigan, I believe in Kansas they've they've approved it. Why has it been such an issue to get it past here in Missouri?
8: Well, let's start with that, and then and then I'll tell you because the answer is not going to surprise you. Um, but you just said you know. Never mind Michigan or whatever. We are completely surrounded by states that have legalized sports gambling. Right? Um, last year, I, I looked this up last night. Actually, last year, Illinois did a hundred million dollars in taxes off of uh, sports gambling. And you know, Illinois, as we all know, likes to tax their citizens quite heavily. So hopefully, we wouldn't be in the you know in, in that same realm. But I mean, call it half of that—fifty million dollars a year—that's pouring over our state lines or is being. You know, not regulated, not taxed, not anything. Um, and so it, it's it's absolutely, you know, to, I guess the word is asinine that, that we can't get this passed when we know that we have the bones of great legislation. We, uh, one of the benefits of being one of the last ones to get something done is that you get to see how everybody else did it, and you get to learn what they, you know what they would say they would do right, what they would do differently, everything else. So I think we have good bones, some tweaking that needs to be done. But we can't get it to a vote because, and here's the big drum roll, you know politics, um, they've attached there, there's an issue around video lottery terminals that they keep attaching to the sports gambling bill um, in an effort to get video lottery terminals pushed through. And there's, there's clearly a contingent that in, in the state legislature that does not want to pass it. And so because of the video lottery terminals. But we can't bifurcate. We can't separate the two um, because we have, you know, um,
3: interests that are
8: that are causing
3: that not to happen. So, Chappie, what are the next steps then? Like, how do you overcome that uh, in a state that clearly has drawn the line as to what they're going to allow and not allow? And to your point, I mean, it is kind of foolish when you look at every surrounding state has managed to work their way through it. What are the next steps, and for you guys as the Blues, the Cardinals, and just in general?
8: Well, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you have to be a big believer in the power of the people. And, you know, what? like, it's a number of different things. Bill DeWitt was in the paper yesterday. I know he's he's also been talking about this issue in the last couple of days, and he's been talking about the potential of taking it just to a statewide referendum, similar to what, uh, you know, recreational marijuana just went through um, and, you know, and that may happen and we'll spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort to do something that if we could just get the bill to the, you know, it's already passed the House of Representatives. If we could just get the bill to, to go to the floor in the state Senate, absent of the VLT language. And by the way, let, let me say this real quick. You know, Bill and I both are on a, are on a committee of a, a committee. It's a coalition of all the, of the sports teams in the state of Missouri. And we're agnostic when it comes to VLTs. There are definitely conversations that need to be had around – I mean, you, we could spend an hour talking about gray machines and, and you know, just it's, – it's not an unimportant topic. It's just not – it shouldn't be on the same bill as sports gaming. And I think that's what, you know, what can be done. I don't know. People have to start contacting their local senators or local representatives and just start pushing this thing because, you know, to take it to a statewide referendum and talking with some of my friends, uh, like that's just a long and arduous process, very expensive. And so we're, you're just talking about this being kicked down the road and kicked down the road.
0: Well, and that's, that would be my next question, Steve. And it sounds like just based on your tone that, and by the way, we are talking to Steve Chapman, Blues Executive Vice President of Chief Revenue and Marketing Officer. Uh, Chabby, I, I feel like based on your tone, we are nowhere close to getting sports betting separate from what you're talking about with these gaming machines. Would I be accurate in that line of thinking? What's our timeline then?
8: Well, I wouldn't say we're nowhere close. I mean, one of the reasons why, uh, you know, we're talking about this today is because there's still, what, a week and a half or almost two weeks left in in, in, in the legislative session. We've made a lot of progress. There are, there are, you know, we know that if it gets to the floor, um, if it gets to the floor with the right bill, and as you guys know, people can sabotage bills in many different ways. But if we can get the, the sports gambling bill to the floor with the right language in it, we are very confident that it would pass. But, You know, we just we have certain um, certain people that are standing in the way of that happening. And honestly, one of the frustrating, really, I think where it hit our limit um, in our group was the VLT bill made it to the Senate floor about two or three weeks ago and was soundly defeated. Okay, so at that point we thought, all right, well, now that's made it to the floor. So we go down to Jeff City again and go around and talk to all the different, you know, senators and, and uh, representatives again. And, you know what, you end up in one place with, uh, you know, one senator who just is not going to to allow this to happen because of VLTs. And the senator is Senator Denny Hoskins. He's from western Missouri. And, you know what, he's done a lot of work on sports gambling. He has very good points about VLTs he's hes not you know it's it's not an argument over that it's the argument that we have against what denny's doing is separate the two and and let them stand on their own merits and we just can't get that to happen
0: and then finally steve when when you look at this i mean i'm reading one of the articles or i've read one of the articles at sdltoday.com it says that betting would also be done with the mobile device, would be limited to, to adults. state would collect 15% tax on wagers. Estimates show the plan would could generate an estimated $30 million for the state in its first full year of operation. That money would be earmarked for education. Cities that are home to casinos would receive an esti- estimated $3.2 million. The measure also set aside $1 million to combat compulsive gambling, which of course would be the uh, other side of things here. We're making sure that it's done reasonably and responsibly. But for the Blues and the Cardinals specifically, what, is, what, it, what would it mean to you guys?
8: Well, and that's, that's kind of one of the interesting points on this. Of course, what it would mean to us is potential uh, access to sports gambling partnerships, like sponsorships. And by the way, not just the sports teams. Radio stations, such as ESPN 101. Oh, I see what you are done
0: there, uh, Chabby, Nice job. Right?
8: But, that's just, but seriously, it's not just the sports teams issue. Like, this is business. I mean, that's, when we talk about this, we're talking about money that should be being spent in the state, Money that should not be going across our state lines into other states. And, and it's like, why do we have to be last at this? We, we know the pathways, we know what the right things, uh, you know, the, the, we, we have the model here to, to do this correctly. We just need to get this thing to a vote and get, and then, hey, let the VLTs have, let let that have its own discussion and get that to where it needs to be. But to 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 basically hold our breath and say, okay, well, since we can't have VLTs, we're gonna we're not we're not gonna let anybody in the state have sports. This is childish,
3: almost. Well, Chappie, uh, we wish you all the best in, in this process. Listening to you explain it, it's clear, at least to me, to this guy, that uh, they need to be separated and that the state is missing out on millions and millions of dollars in potential revenue, and this should be uh, hopefully clarified soon. But I appreciate your time coming on today to help educate some of our listeners, and hopefully it inspires them to get out and contact their local senators or government uh, employees and help this thing get moving. All right. Well, I'll work on getting to some seats behind uh, behind all places all right? All right, Chappie. My phone's on. Okay, buddy. <laughs> All right, brother.
0: Talk to you. <laughs> Take care, Steve. Thank you. See you guys. That's Steve Chapman of your St. Louis Blues. Yeah, Chappie's
3: the best, man. He really Chappie and in, in his group, uh Zimmerman included, Chris Zimmerman included, they've done such an amazing job with everything with the blues and their forward thinking group. And listening to that, I mean it's it is silly sometimes, things that are attached in, you know, political ways right. or
0: I don't understand I don't understand this the full scope of it but I understand but what he's saying I understand about the, this this case
3: the blueprint of what he's saying I don't understand you know all the intricacies of right. how you could get it separated but it does to me it doesn't make sense to have those two tied at the hip.
0: Yeah, it's too it's too different. It's too different. It's really two different ways to it's two different forms of entertainment, I guess I would I would say. And I think Illinois went through the same thing at one point. Yeah. And either got it separated or somehow got it passed. But I know that was at one point that was a big thing for Illinois too. I
3: wonder if it's a big thing statewide though for Missouri. And the reason I asked that question is here in St. Louis, absolutely. You can drive 10 minutes down the road 15 minutes down the road and cross the bridge and you can bet so but what about like mid-missouri and like all the do do they care Mm -hmm. enough because they're not driving well maybe some of them are driving two and a half hours to a state line somewhere to do you know the gambling i just wonder if that's where the the speed bumps are is there's a mass of people in the middle that don't really care yeah
0: i'm not sure about that but it's an interesting question his Fast Lane on 101 ESPN is the answer for the starting rotation for the Cardinals. Is it down in Memphis? That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: The answer for the starting rotation for the Cardinals down in Memphis, I would say yes. If you missed earlier, we talked about Stephen Matz, another dud performance by Steven Matz. I don't care how much money he's making. Now, granted, it's easier for me to say that when I I don't have that bill that I have to write to Steven Matz like like Bill DeWitt does. But for me and the Cardinals and a competition standpoint, I gotta move Stephen Matz into the bullpen if if I'm Ollie and I'm having those conversations with the front office. Again, the money aspect is there. But at some point, you have to say the contract doesn't play, especially with a guy like Stephen Matz. So what I would do is I would move the I would move Stephen Matz to the bullpen. He gives me the lefty that I just sent down, you know the lefty replacement that I just sat sat down in Zach Thompson. I got Adam Wainwright coming back on Saturday. Wainwright steps into the rotation for Woodford. I send Woodford down. I bring Libertor up, and Libertor takes Matt's spot in the rotation. It doesn't have to be permanent, but I do have to do something if I'm the Cardinals.
3: Yeah. That's not the only thing you have to do, though. Like if we're isolating the rotation, yes, I agree 100% with you, which is rare. But I do. okay? What? No, no. it's not what you're telling me. You're right. You, you get sensitive and you get... Yeah. You know, all these things. We've talked about it before. Mixed there. bag. A sure. therapist, you know. Does a good job. I want to drag it onto the airwaves. But anyways, <laughs> if we're isolating the pitching, yes, you're 100% correct. But there's more than that. This is the time to shake it up now. Like, you have stood pat long enough with your guys to be like, I got my guys. We're going to get through this together. It's time to change.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: This The time is now. So... It's either fire the manager or change the players. It's very reminiscent to what the Blues have gone through here in the last handful of years where Mike yo, well, it wasn't the players. At least Army didn't think so. He thought it was the coach. Change to Craig Berube, Craig Berube comes in, turns out it was the coach, not the players. Now, fast forward to this year. Is it the players or is it the coach? Doug Armstrong seemed to think it was the players move players. Make some trades. As trade much action. as you can. Right. Whatever you can do. Cardinals are at a point now to where, is it the players or is it the manager? If you're going to stick by your manager, which is fine. I'm okay with that. If if Mo and the DeWitt family want to stick by Ollie, great. Do something else then. Now's the time. Juan Yepes, uh, Luke and Baker, like whoever. Name your prospect right now. Bring them up. Find a way to bring them up. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, um... Paul DeYoung, you're hurt again. Well, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Uh, name your other player. Who else is hurt right now? Let's give somebody else an injury. Not really, but fake injury. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's Tyler see. O'Neill. Yes, you're way too physically exerted right now. You're getting. We know here.
0: you need a break, Tyler. You need
3: seven to ten days. Mm-hmm. There you go. You don't have to DFA or option guys. You can. You have guys you can option. Great, go do it. You're fine, whatever. But you also have guys you can I'm do the. That's an easy one. Well, yeah. But who's going to be on the bench if he leaves? (laughs) (laughs) What? That's what he signed for, isn't it? it? Well, I'm quoting someone who literally told us that on these airwaves. Our guy, Brad Thompson. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but Mm -hmm. you did. He said, I signed to be on the bench. Okay, fine. Leave him there. But you can make changes. Why are you not? If it doesn't work, guess what? Who cares? It's not working right now.
0: All right. What's the worst that could happen?
3: Lose. You mm-hmm. are. are you're like mm-hmm. what four or five in a row now. Yep. That's my only problem. Is to me as a baseball fan, I look at the team and they go, "They're not trying." I don't mean the players. The organization, in its entirety, is not trying enough for my satisfaction. You haven't done enough to show me you're trying to win games. You're trying to change what's going on right now. So, yes, to the original point of the pitching staff, you're 100% correct. Everything you said, bam, spot on. After that, let's go. Let's get some hungry young players in here or make a trade. Just make a damn trade. Any trade. I don't care who you trade. Trade somebody. Send a, a shot across the bow. Bam. You don't like it here? You're not going to play this way? You're gone. Yeah. What'd you get? I don't really know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Mo, Mo will get a good trade ish, whatever it is, even if it's some prospects, you know, or whatever it doesn't matter, you're changing it gotta do something yeah, you gotta break
0: it up, and Mo isn't above that we saw that years ago when he made the John Lackey trade, he walked through the clubhouse he goes, okay, this this is a situation where everybody's buddy-buddy, I gotta break this thing up, and he sent Joe Kelly, and he sent Alan Craig to Boston for John Lackey, a little sandpaper added to that clubhouse They they may need that I don't know, if, I don't know gonna be...
3: if they need that. I I don't know. Well, they might. They, they may get, not.
0: You know what? It's not just sandpaper. They they added a good pitcher too. Yeah. I think we resort to the sandpaper thing because Joe Kelly and Alan Craig very well liked the clubhouse. Again, just had this overall of hey, we, we all like each other here. We're good. And then John Lackey comes in and again. He's a bit of sandpaper, but he but he also got a good player out of yeah. it too. I don't know if you're going to be able to make that trade now. But to your point, you got to do something. You got to do something. You got to shake this thing up. You got to break it up. Whatever it is, we'll see if it works. But it's ugly right now.
3: We got a text from the six one eight says, "Tell me how O'Neill is any worse than any of the other outfielders." He's not. He's not. We're not. I, we're
0: not. Pick yeah. your outfielder. Pick your outfielder, then. Yeah, that's what J- Jamie literally said. Pick your outfielder. So if you're saying right there, well, Tyler O'Neill, he Jamie gave you the opportunity to say whoever you wanted in your car you or your cub- cubicle. Yeah, you could have went with Dylan Carlson. You could have went with Alec Burleson. You could have went with anybody. Go for it. Jamie gave you. An opportunity to choose your own adventure, and what you did is you threw the coloring book right back at Jamie. Doesn't make sense. That's, a, that's on you.
3: Thank you, Anthony.
0: It's on you. It's not on Jamie. What's trending? It's next in the fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN.
3: We're right back to the
1: Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by
5: Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher.
4: Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending guys Jackson Mahomes the younger brother of Patrick Mahomes was arrested today on charges of aggravated sexual battery Whoa. the 22 year old has been charged uh, with three counts of uh, sexual battery an additional fourth count of battery
3: what okay okay so do we have any further details
4: yeah so I want to say it was about a month or so ago uh, maybe a little a little bit earlier than that but uh he was in like a a bar or whatever um with uh this woman who was the owner of this restaurant in overland park and she accused him of shoving uh members of the restaurant and he was like caught grasping her neck and it was all caught on video and tmz had it wow well it's caught on video good luck
3: yeah well if
0: he did if he did do it i'm glad it was caught on video
3: yeah uh, this is such a, I mean, one, it's an awful situation for the victim. And yes, if the police felt that there Absolutely. was enough there to charge um, Jackson Mahomes. And you always feel bad for the people um, that happen—that this happened to. A flip side of it, too, is I feel bad for Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and the rest of the family because now he has to deal with it. Right. Because... Jackson Mahomes in his own world of TikTok or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's the been hell a goofball does, on
4: the internet before, and I'm sure the family has gotten, you know, made fun of in that aspect. Yeah, because yeah. Of, but this, this is completely did- different. This is completely
3: right. different now. So if you're Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the family, you're like, whoa. What are we doing? Like, what now? Like, I don't know. If, was it sexual battery? Yeah, that's like, what it sounds that's what said. Like, it sounds awful. Now, maybe it's something that is. You know, there's it's an umbrella charge that you yeah, have different things. I don't know. Yeah. You know, we're not lawyers. No, God no. Or prosecutors. No. We're nope. also lawyers. No, you're right, Anthony. That was really good. Thank you. Uh, either way, let the um, let the police figure it out, and hopefully they get to the right solution.
0: If he committed a crime, hopefully the punishment fits. Yes. That's that's what I'll say. If he committed a crime, hopefully the punishment fits.
4: Guys, today, Bryce Harper is back in the lineup for the Phillies. He is the DH so far in the game between the Phillies and the Dodgers. He has drawed a walk. What do you expect from Bryce Harper? And will his insertion or will him being back in the lineup help the Phillies uh, get back? Because they're not really playing all that well either. You used the right
0: word there. Insertion? Yeah. It's been, it's been inserted back into the lineup. Yeah.
4: Well, I wanted, you know, I wanted to say that, but you nailed it. You know.
0: I think that for a Phillies team that is right around 500, they're one game below 500 entering play today. You get a player like Bryce Harper. Not only the talent, but the energy, the way he plays the game, I think it's a huge boost to a Phillies team that obviously played in the World Series last year and that has high expectations and should. You don't bring in Trey Turner and some of these other moves and not expect to have a team that's going to be a legit contender so at 15 and 16 they have wildly under uh, underperformed but they've also been been without some guys here now Reese Hopkins you're not going to get him back but Bryce Harper coming back at the here he's going to play maybe DH and, and do some first base okay for Philly's team adding him back that's a big boost
3: Tommy John surgery that's a pretty darn quick recovery and I understand it's not the same as a pitcher because he's not using his arm the same way and whatnot but still that's a quick recovery and i imagine swinging the bat and doing all those things like your your elbow your your arm and shoulder all that is is heavily used good for him for coming he's a stud, back. He's, a stud. He's, he's a hell of a player so yeah he it's should good. be a, he should be a boost it's good for major
0: league baseball too they to get one of their stars
3: back
4: how do you think he'll adjust to the the pitch clock and the new rules better than manny machado mm. But I could say that for anybody that's not Manny Machado. Okay. Guys, tonight, round two of the NHL playoffs continues. The New Jersey Devils taking on the Carolina Hurricanes, a series that Jamie guarantees
3: will not be boring. It won't be.
4: won't be a boring series. You, you
3: can know nothing about hockey. You never watched a game before, and you turn that game on tonight, you're going to be like, wow, these guys move around fast.
0: Jamie, I feel like each series – there's a little bit of a like a, a a clash of styles. You had talked about that earlier with Florida and Toronto. I think the Kraken and the Stars, bit of a clash in a styles. Bit, yep. The Oilers and Golden Knights, I think is definitely a clash in styles yeah, for sure. That to me is what's fun. The X's and O's, the schemes, the philosophies, how how they differ. That's one of the that's one of the like main reasons I. I as a young kid thought sports was so intriguing it's like wait a minute you're telling me that not everyone plays the same same style the same way so this nhl playoffs kind of setting up i think perfectly in that regard
3: Yeah. now i will say this this is the one series carolina and new jersey the teams are very similar and this is why i said it's going to be exciting it's going to be like a track meet like just end 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 and both both teams play a very aggressive f- style of forecheck the defensemen are pinching a lot like there's a lot of opportunity for offense too should be a good one
4: also tonight golden knights taking on the edmonton oilers that should be a Petr, really fun series you're going to have your hands
3: full you're going to see a lot of number 97 that's for sure and 29 mm-hmm. those two guys uh Idle and mcdavid for the oilers are two of the best players in the world, McDavid, the best player in the world. So a tough assignment. Petro's gonna have his hands full. Um, you know, he's he's dealt with this before. Uh, Ivan Barbashev getting another chance, those two guys, former Blues players getting a chance to keep going in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's gonna be a hell of a series. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch.
4: Who are you guys rooting for? Vegas. Overall. Uh, Vegas?
3: Oh wow. Tough now. I've got uh between these two teams? No, just overall.
4: I Who's like the like Kraken. I like the Kraken,
3: their head oh, coach. They got to him. Dave did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Dave Haxtall is their head coach. He was the head coach at North Dakota when I was there ah. my freshman year, and then uh, he took the Flyers job, actually. Um, so I'm rooting for them. Jayden Schwartz is on the team. Vince Dunn. You know, they got a fun team, and they're new. So I think it would be really cool to have the Kraken and the Golden Knights in the, in the uh, Western Conference final. Yeah, that'd be interesting.
3: That'd be interesting. I'd like to see Vegas against Florida. In the, final. in the Stanley Cup final. In the final. I like you know Petro's friend. I like Petro. I right. like Barbie a lot. Um, and uh with Matthew Kachuk, a little bit of a mm-hmm. vested interest there in that. But I think it'd be kind of neat.
4: I still believe the Oilers and Maple Leafs Stanley Cup would be, in my opinion, the best.
3: It'd be interesting. Canada would lose their mind. Oh, yeah, they were. They would lose their mind. Marshy, let me ask you this. When's the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup?
4: Uh, I believe it was in the early 90s, and it was the Montreal Canadiens.
3: 1993. Mm -hmm. That was the
4: last time a Canadian team won? Won the Cup. I believe the last time a Canadian team was even in the Stanley Cup was the 2011 Vancouver. Was it not? Vancouver?
3: In the bubble, the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, that's right.
4: No, that, oh, wasn't, yeah. that wasn't actually a bubble season. That was, was the year the after that was the year after Montreal Canadiens yeah. Yeah. are the last team. They lost to Vegas? That's right.
3: Tampa. No. Who did they lose to?
4: They lost to Tampa. They lost to Tampa. See, I don't like to count that because... Yeah, because of the division they, realignment. Because Canada was automatically sending a team to the conference final.
3: But... And, Andrew here's what happened. But yeah, there was a pandemic. I don't know if you're here for that. It was called COVID. And uh, um actually the COVID-19. COVID-19. To correct. be exact. Yeah. And uh, they have a border between Canada and the United States and yeah. not all of their ideas matched up. Yeah. So what happens <laughs> is they created Is that why
4: you and Anthony always bicker at each other? Yeah, there's a border
3: clearly yeah, border. right here between our microphones. Yeah. You know, don't our microphones yeah. bumping each other. Mm-hmm, but right. Canada had to send one team because they only played each other. Yeah. And the United States had teams. Yeah. hmm hmm
0: Good breakdown, Jamie. Thank you. Why ownership strategy? Why is it coming at a poor time here for the Cardinals? We'll talk about that next. Don't want to win ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: fast line on 101 espn katie wu had an article about the cardinals and the front office in the athletic the strategy of seeing what you have in the young guys with the veteran core was the strategy for the cardinals heading in Bill DeWitt the third says we felt like we a key part of our strategy this year was to give our young up-and-coming players lots of chances in addition to having this veteran core we we retained we have a highly rated farm system and you're seeing that play out A lot was made of Walker's demotion, but that wasn't necessarily because of his situation. It was also because we want to get at-bats for some of the other guys who have real upside for us. I like our chances for improving on April. My first question would be, doesn't Walker have real upside? (laughs) I mean, if he doesn't have real upside.
3: I think that that maybe was worded a little improperly by... By the organization on that one I think what I think what he's trying to say is we have some guys here that have put in some years already in their development and we have to find out ultimately what we have. Jordan Walker, you know what you have and he's 20 years old mm-hmm. so you have the ability to let him continue to develop whereas the other guys you got to make some decisions probably coming up soon here. I think that's what he meant. That's my that's my brain. That's,
0: interp- right? yeah, that's your interpretation. Yeah. So our guy James, you hear James all the time leave us mic drops. We, we love having James on the show. He, he always comes with just outstanding takes. He had tweeted at us, at Anthony Stalter, at Jamie Rivers 08, at Marshy Marsh. Guys, how can the Cardinals front office be that tone deaf about this team? I mean, literally running the same players out there night after night is the definition of insanity. Maybe... Well, I won't read that aspect of it. I, he's he cited he cited a movie he cited a movie uh, quote, uh, but I don't want him to be taken out of context with what he, what he tweeted.
3: No, but, basically, send a message. Yeah, send a message. Absolutely. So,
0: James is in line with, with what with what we're thinking. I had talked about the pitching aspect of it, the starting pitching. Jamie, you had noted the position player from a position player standpoint. I don't know why Juan Yepes wasn't called up last week. Anybody. a lot of, a lot of a lot of people felt the same way.
3: Yepes has got over I think 1000 OPS against left-handed pitching.
0: Well, you don't need that.
3: Well, yeah, you do because you have a lot of left-handed bats in your lineup, Anthony, and um they're not doing a great job.
0: You know what also doesn't make any sense with leaving Juan Yepes down in Memphis? Juan, I mean, the, the obvious, I mean, you chose basically Taylor Motter over Juan Yepes. Now, I get they play different positions and that that has to do they? That has to be they do. That has to be accounted for but Jamie a year ago Dan Dan McLaughlin and I were talking about this last week when you were in Mexico a year ago around this time it was right around Mother's Day they brought up Juan Yepes the offense was stagnant it wasn't bad like we're seeing now it was stagnant Mm -hmm. and Juan Yepes came up and almost immediately the offense found a little traction it didn't go from average to great but you got a little momentum going so you saw that last year, as well as the home run in the, in the wild card round against the Phillies. Clutch hitting. Clutch hitting. I get why he didn't make the opening day roster because of the spring training that other guys had compared to his. But at this point, that spring training is, is, is well in the rearview mirror. Tyler O'Neill's performance, Dylan Carlson's performance, Jordan Walker's performance, well in the rearview mirror. So, I don't understand knowing what you know of last year and Juan Yepes and what he did for this offense, why you wouldn't make the same decision this year.
3: Anthony, I don't care. When you need it even more. Listen, I don't even care about Tyler O'Neill's performance, (gasps) Dylan Carlson's performance, Lars Newtbar, Alec Burleson. I don't care. Your team is losing at a historical clip. Losers. They're losing, Anthony. They're not losers, they're losing. Change it up. It it's doesn't cool. matter who you pick. Pick your adventure, like he said earlier.
0: <laughs> Choose your adventure.
3: Choose your adventure.
0: Choose your own ending. Whatever. Choose your own... I will. Adventure, yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Choose your own adventure.
3: Anyways. Stay focused, Jamie. I'm trying. One okay. y- Yepes. bring him up. And I, again, I don't even care who it is. I don't care who the hell you bring... Mason Wynn, why not? Paging Mason Wynn, come up. Get a couple of games. Get a cup of coffee. Who cares? Paul DeYoung, you're hurt. Like Brandon Donovan, you need some time. Whatever it is. who Pick, again, pick your person. I don't care.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Change something. This is not working. And you have quality players in Memphis right now, currently quality players that you could give a shot to and your fan base would not fault you for it. Quite honestly, I feel like the fan base is screaming for it. So if they come up and they're terrible, who cares? You tried. Mm-hmm. And has it gotten any worse? No, because you're losing anyways. This is where you have to – got to
0: change it up. So going back to the Bill DeWitt, the third comments, we have a question on a rundown. Here. Is, this, was, is this the right time to figure out what you have in, in young players? Does this, Does this feel experimental, and did it make sense to have unknowns – and what ifs with Goldie and Aronado? I understand that question. But I don't think you have as many unknowns and what ifs coming into the year as you think. Jordan Walker was, was a what if. He was, he was an unknown. But he, he at least offered that upside. Tyler O'Neill is not a what. He's a what if from the standpoint of whether or not you're going to get production. But we're not talking about a young and inex- inexperienced player. Dylan Carlson's been in the league a couple of years now. Still a young player. Yeah. But he's not a total unknown. You certainly did not have an unknown in Brennan Donovan or Tommy Edman or Wilson Contreras. Most of your roster was not an unknown. You sprinkled in a couple of unknowns, but at least again, the upside was there with with Jordan Walker. It's not clicking. This cl- this this team is not clicking. I don't think they're not trying. I don't think it's a situation where they don't like each other or they don't like Ollie. I think those are narratives that are loose and, quite frankly, lazy. I don't think that this group, for whatever reason, has melded together on the field, and I question the leadership. Not necessarily the hey guys, we got to do it this way and do it that way. To- but where is the leadership when all everything is breaking down around you? Where does where does the leadership come in? And maybe it's a situation with everybody struggling, it's kind of hard to be vocal. And Jamie, you would know more than this than I would. Maybe it's hard to be vocal when you are a leader and you know or you're a leader and you're being counted on as a leader, but you you're you're hitting a buck twenty
3: two. too. <laughs> yeah, it's not an easy situation. That's for sure. But it, look at and when you're losing, it's it's actually the hardest time for anybody to be the leader. It just is because everybody looks around and be like, well, what are you doing? Right. Oh, okay, big mouth. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I'm which trying is, here. Which is the wrong attitude. It's absolutely the wrong attitude. And maybe maybe they are doing things though. So. We're we're not privy. We're not. We're not sure. privy to the clubhouse. Uh, to the plane, to the hotel, to the front office, their meetings, the coaching staff. We don't know what's going on right now. And maybe they they are galvanized as a group, but they're just not playing well. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not. Maybe the chemistry is absolutely awful, and that's the problem. And maybe the management is sitting there going, how do we fix it? What's our next move? How do we not make a panic move here? Because you, you can't just trade a player and panic. Teams will just eat you alive. You can trade a player with a purpose right? to send a message, absolutely. But there's a difference between the two. You're absolutely right. And so I Making think Making a move
0: just to make a move doesn't make sense.
3: And you're right. If you're gonna make a move just to make a move, you you hand pick someone who is not the cardinal way, who is not pulling their weight, who is not doing the right things. You handpick sad player and you make a move without worrying too much about the return. I know that sounds crazy, but you do have a lot of talent sitting in Memphis that's up and coming to where if you picked a certain player, a certain outfielder, any one of them, and you made a point of moving that guy, you've got the replacement. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about the return necessarily.
0: Let's hear from Janet, because I do want to hear what she has to say, and then we'll get to the gauntlet. Here's Janet, who left this mic drop.
5: Everybody keeps mentioning that they – made the moves in 2006 and 2011 and then they won. But that what people keep forgetting is in 2006 and 2011, Tony La Russa was the manager and he pushed Moselec to do what needed to be done. I don't think we've had a manager since then that would stand up to Moselec. They just let him take over and do whatever he wants to do. If you want to put a blame on what's going on with the Cardinals today, the blame goes to Moselec.
0: Okay, so I think it's a very impactful comment there by by Janet. Just one one slight clarification. Yeah. Walt Jockety was the, the GM in, in 06. Uh, not Mo. Mo was the GM in 11. But to her point... There were times where Tony La Russa, and I had mentioned this too, Jamie, when, when, I was, when I was a little bitter, when things are starting to go, go sideways, if there's a guy that you know is not performing well, maybe, maybe you send him out. That's what Tony did. I mean, there, there was relievers where it was like, this is what you gave me. I'm going to use him. And then you di- you, as you're walking out to go get him after another disastrous inning, you look up to the front office there and you say, this is what you gave me. Well, it's this well, is my roster.
3: It's well documented. Even yes. Walt Jockety himself admitting that there were trades that he wouldn't have made except Tony La Russa was like sure. basically bulldogging
0: him. He's er- he, Tony earned it. Correct. To, to Janet's other point, this is your new wave baseball, too. There are a lot of teams, most of the teams, that are run via the front office. Not in New York where they got Buck, Buck Walter. Not in Texas now with Bruce Bochy. Not maybe in Houston with Dusty Baker, although they seemingly have a combination of old school, new, new school. But the majority of the teams in Major League Baseball hire managers to implement the data that's being cooked up from upstairs.
3: We got an interesting text from the 636. We're talking about pushback from the manager and Tony La Russa and whatnot. 636 says, the one that did pushback got himself fired. I would imagine they're referencing Mike, Mike Schultz in the differences. Yeah, philosophical
0: was, differences. I don't think he. I, I right, right church, wrong pew. On that, what? That's no. what I would say.
4: All hmm. I know is that I think we over uh, we overrate Major League Baseball managers. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here, here we go
0: with Marsh again with that crap. Ah, I, I, go
3: bring ahead, on tell, the gauntlet. I'm go done. ahead, tell him, Jamie. Ah, okay,
0: Chappelle. <laughs> really nice compliment actually the gauntlet is next i want to win ESPN
1: we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 ESPN three warriors four categories one challenger can you master the gauntlet
5: brought to you by master your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years visit
0: Mastor.com. that's right time for the gauntlet in the fast lane on 101 espn where it it's 404 your time check is brought to you by Clarkson jewelers an officially licensed rolex jeweler with andrew marsh and jamie rivers i'm anthony stalter and we welcome in jeff what's up jeff not much how are you guys doing great today first timer not Well, for the new
2: gauntlet it is
0: okay so you played in gauntlet 1.0 uh yes
2: how'd you do uh not so good
0: what first, happened first round exit uh yeah. Okay. Who got you? Who hurt you? Uh, it's Jamie. It's Jamie. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about right. that, buddy. So is yeah, this right. is this a revenge spot for you, Jeff? Are you taking on Jamie, or are you gonna attempt to take down Marsh or myself today?
2: Uh, uh let's uh, let's go with with Jamie again. Okay.
0: Some... You kind of, Jeff? Did you talk yourself into that
2: one? Uh, yeah, just go again.
4: Okay. All right.
0: Well, Jamie, get yourself into the cone of silence. Good luck, Jeff. Jamie's been on an absolute tear in the gauntlet thus far. Three in a row. This is his third gauntlet in a row. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's got a bit of a winning streak, I believe. He is at least 2-0 this week. Okay.
2: Yeah, somebody's got to beat him.
0: There you go, Jeff. I like that newborn confidence there. All right, go ahead. Tell Marsh to spin the
2: wheel. All right, Marsh, you spin that wheel.
0: So, Jeff, what are we hoping for? What category?
2: uh anything about football
0: anything but football interesting okay oh you're not gonna get football you are gonna get random trivia random trivia is the category how you feeling
2: uh okay i guess
0: okay jeff's a cool calm calm collective customer here All right, we got the launch codes. Just as a reminder, Jeff and Jamie are going to get the same four random questions today. Each question is worth two points. Unless Jeff or Jamie need the options, those questions are worth one point. Jeff, are you ready? Yep. Question number one. Which sport sport has the nickname Chess on Ice? Which sport has the nickname Chess on Ice?
2: Chess, nice. Options.
0: Synchronized skating, ringette, or curling?
2: Uh, Curling. Final answer? Final answer.
4: Question number two. What is the most common birth month?
2: Uh, Let's go with uh, October. Final answer? Actually, no, let's go with May. Final answer. Okay.
0: Question number three, Jeff. What is the team name of the WNBA team from Las Vegas?
2: Uh, options.
0: Is it the Mystics, the Aces, the Queens?
2: Uh, Mi- Mystic Aces. Let's go with Mystic.
4: Final answer on mystics.
0: Final answer.
2: Yep. Final answer.
4: Question number four: The natural state is a nickname for which U.S. state that borders Missouri?
2: Uh, options:
4: Is it Arkansas, Tennessee, or Nebraska?
2: Nebraska. Final answer.
4: All right, Jeff.
0: How are you feeling? I lost this one. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Jamie hasn't even gone yet. All right. Jamie is walking back. Actually, he's running back. A little, a little jog there.
3: Yeah. Figured nice. I'd uh, you know, get the heart rate up a little bit, Anthony. a
0: boy. I like that.
3: Yeah. How you
0: feeling from the cone of silence?
3: Uh, good. Having a great conversation there with our buddy, Bon. We were talking about Mexico and, and attire and things we were doing in Mexico. It was great. Good. good. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure Bon enjoyed that conversation a lot. I think he did. I think he feels... Um, you know, smarter for it anyways. Sure. Yeah. If not better about his overall life. Yeah, we were talking about budgie smugglers. Oh, there. nice. Okay. Apparently Good. that's what Australians call Speedos. We don't know why and Bond is headed back to Australia soon and he's gonna find out why they call them budgie smugglers.
0: Well, we're gonna have to cross off mm-hmm. that question mm-hmm. off of our random tribute. Wow. From. Is it and,
3: random? Yeah.
0: Got random today. Wolf, Are you ready?
3: Uh, how did Jeff do?
0: Don't. Pack a lunch. Son of a gun. Question, okay. num- question number one, Jamie. Which sport has the nickname Chess on
3: Ice? Which sport has the nickname Chess on Ice? Chess on Ice. That would be curling. Final answer.
4: Question number two. What is the most common birth month?
3: (laughs) Who the hell knows that? most common birth month. so if New Year's Eve and holiday season let's do nine months from there (laughs) because everybody gets it on at that point right (laughs) March April May June July August September I'll go September final Final answer answer.
0: I like how you did that Jamie that was interesting which part the breakdown of the question you know
3: what Anthony yeah I have three kids in the month of September do you? I do. They're all three Three of the four born in September. Well, the uh, twins.
4: <laughs> Very consistent. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Unlike the Cardinals. That's um, a good point.
0: Jamie, what is the team name of the WNBA team from Las Vegas?
3: Oh, I do know this, too. When I hear the options, I'll know it. Go ahead. Give me the options, please.
0: Mystics, Aces,
4: Queens.
3: It's the Aces. Final answer.
4: Question number four. The natural state is a nickname for which U.S. state that borders Missouri?
3: The natural state. Wow. There's like eight states that border Missouri, is there not? Yes. (sighs) Give me the options.
4: Options are Arkansas, Tennessee, or Nebraska.
3: Oh, wow. I feel like that's a Nebraska thing. Final answer.
0: All right. When Marsh read off Tennessee, what'd you think?
3: Tennessee?
0: I always think that.
3: Lord, I really wish...
0: Yep. Down the ground.
3: All right. Here we go.
0: Jeff versus Jamie. By the way, Jamie, when you walked in, we asked Jeff how he thought he did. He goes, I lost. He was not confident at all. Let's see how Jeff did against Jamie. We're going to start off with the last question. The natural state is a nickname for which U.S. state that borders Missouri? Jeff, you said Nebraska. (laughs) Jamie, you said Nebraska. Correct answer is...
4: It is the state home to the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. There you go. Minor League Baseball
0: team.
3: Can't believe you didn't know Arkansas.
4: <laughs> Jamie.
0: 0-0 <laughs> zero, zero tie. What is the team name of the WNBA team from Las Vegas? Jeff, you got the options on this one. You went with Mystics. Jamie! You took the options. You went Aces. Correct answer is? It is Aces. Yeah.
3: 1-0. Isn't L.A. Jamie. the Mystics?
4: That is uh, Washington.
3: Yeah, that one too.
4: Yes, Washington. There yeah. you go.
3: What nice is, trade, yeah. It's like
4: the wizards and the mystics.
3: Yeah. Makes
0: sense, yeah. All right. What is the most common birth month? Jeff, you went with May. Jamie, you did some interesting math there. Wound up with September.
3: It could be October, though. Depending on, you know.
0: It's funny. Jeff originally said October. None of those were the options. Correct answer is...
3: It's August! It's
0: August, you were right, you were right there. You said August, September, and then you went with the kids' birthdays.
3: I was all around it. You
0: certainly were, Jamie. Mm -hmm. That was the issue. 1-0. 1-0. lead for Jamie. Which sport has the nickname Chess on Ice? Jeff, you went curling. Jamie, you went curling. Correct answer is... It is curling, Jeff.
1: You have chosen poorly you lose today.
0: <laughs> that's because jamie didn't need the options on that one with yeah. the aces question he gets three jeff you just had the one with curling you started off hot yeah. you got their first question right unfortunately last three didn't go too well three one victor uh for jamie jamie is the victor in this one uh jeff thanks for listening thanks for playing man
2: all right guys have a good one you
3: have too. a good one buddy take care
0: nice job right. there jamie right. you're red hot thank you you're hot kid <laughs>
3: I was a little nervous with the uh, the random, but there's a lot more random sports trivia now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Grant's mixing it, mix it in. Yeah, I like. So that. August. So based on your math, was it December then? It's December. People yeah. are getting it on. It's early, getting getting it on. Early month.
3: December. It's a little chilly outside, a little chilly. Anthony. You're inside. Maybe you turn on the fireplace.
0: Cisco CD's cooking in the back there. Soft music. Yeah. So at Cisco
3: at a low volume. Uh huh. The champagne flutes. Yes. Out. The bearskin rug. Sure. The head on it. Of course. Which one? And, you know. The animal. Got it. You get warm.
0: You know the best way to get warm, right?
3: Well, how long do you have?
0: (laughs) Jeremy Rutherford will tell us that next on 101
1: ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go.
0: It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalzer. Let's talk to our guy, Jeremy Rutherford at The Athletic, our Blues Insider at The Athletic and at J.P. Rutherford.
7: What's up, JR? Not too much, guys. Just entertaining me with
3: that gauntlet. Riv, you own that gauntlet. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the uh, words of kindness. He's feeling it, isn't he? On sure. the flow, baby. Uh-huh. He is. How you guys doing?
0: We're doing great. Are you enjoying the NHL playoffs to this point? Who's, who's caught your eye? Who are you rooting for?
7: Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, like, when I say this, it's going to sound like I'm complaining, but I'm not. But, uh, you know, when you cover the playoffs for basically 10 or 12 straight years, you get to catch highlights and you get to talk to people a little bit about it, but you don't get to sit down and watch the games every single night. Night after night, when you're when you're down at the Blues rink covering it, so this has been tremendous. Like um, I don't miss much of it, and I think the teams that have caught my eye, obviously teams that have caught everybody's eye. You look at Seattle last night against Dallas. Dallas gets Pavelski back, scores four goals. I just looked it up too. Not only four goals on six shots, he was nine and zero on faceoffs. Like Pavelski is a stud, but you got Seattle, and they just keep coming at you with a ton of depth. I just looked at it. 15 different goal scores for the Kraken in, in the playoffs. They just come at you. So those are a couple of teams there uh, that you like, and I think that uh, there's plenty of others. But great action every single night.
3: Jr. absolutely no surprise that Matthew Kachuk has raised his game, right? Like this is – and I, part of me wonders, Jr., if some of it is fueled by Daryl Sutter's comments last year at the start of the season when – he compared Tyler Foley loosely to Matthew Kachuk saying, well, Tyler Foley, he's got a ring, insinuating that Matthew Kachuk isn't a playoff guy. I think that uh, I think he's proving him wrong. Yeah,
7: and I purposely didn't bring up Florida because, Riv, I knew that was going to be the next question. Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers, unreal. I mean, to do what they did to Boston and do it on uh, Matthew's back. So I spent uh, about 20 minutes on the phone with Brady, his brother, yesterday, and you could just hear it in Brady's voice. He said he was down in Florida. And he went there after game four. So Florida was down 3-1 to one to Boston at that time. And he said he's walking around the house, and Matthew's like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Every game's game seven. We're just going to come back. I'm going to put this team, you know, we're going to go. And, and he comes back, and you know, 11, 11 points in that series against the Boston Bruins. And the one thing that uh, Brady also said, he said, when they packed, Florida packed uh, to head to Boston for game seven, Matthew grabbed the biggest suitcase he could find. He loaded it up. He had it, He knew he was going to Toronto. After they uh, beat Boston, and he told uh, Big Walton Chantel, I'll see you in a week back here in Florida. So that's the mindset of this guy. Three more points last night, Riv, three assists, leading the NHL playoffs right now with 14 points.
3: J.R. Matthew Kitschuk is, for lack of better, word, he's a unicorn. He really is because he's so skilled and so smart with the puck, and he can crush you offensively. Or he can hit you physically. He's not afraid to drop the mitts and get after it. Or he'll just frustrate you to where you take a bunch of penalties trying to get after him or get even with him. I I don't know of many players, if any off the top of my head, that have all of those attributes.
7: Yeah, where is the hole in his game? I think that's what a lot of people are asking. And, and, And what you say there are plenty of intangibles like a lot of guys got skill this guy we saw that goal against nashville a couple of years ago with calgary where he put the puck between his legs and lifted it top shelf i mean the skill is there he can hit he can take hits he can drop the gloves if he absolutely has to and he's a pest, but you know, not, in the, not in the definition of pest that we remember from you know, 20 years ago. Like This is a skilled guy who can get under your skin a, very, a variety of different ways. And, and so we've seen that in these playoffs already. And, and I think that's the thing. He's just got such a pulse for the game. He knows what to do, when, how to do it maybe how to get away with it. Maybe sometimes he goes over the line, but it'll be enough to get under your skin that he knows it's probably going to come back to his uh, advantage. So I agree with you 100%. And I'm not just saying this because this is a, a hometown guy who we've dealt with a lot over the years talking to Matthew and the Chuck family. But I just, if you sat down with a pen and paper, I don't know that you could you know, name another player in the league like him.
3: Uh, JR, for our listeners, a lot of them uh, don't remember or are unaware of the trade rumors when it came to Matthew Kachuk. And we had somebody yesterday text in saying, you know, I would have absolutely traded Cairou for Matthew Kachuk. To your recollection, or at least what you heard to be true, what was the actual deal that was rumored out there? Because it, I know it wasn't Kachuk for Cairo straight up.
7: Right. So I, I don't know that uh, anybody other than Doug Armstrong is going to tell you exactly, because obviously there's some machinations of, you know, the conversations that Doug Armstrong and Calgary might have had. Uh, but what what I was told and also what I reported, I believe that uh, the Blues had interest in trading Jordan Cairo to Calgary. Calgary didn't want Jordan Cairo. I believe that they wanted uh, a, a more uh, advanced player, even though he had a ton of skill and a ton of upside. You look who Calgary made the trade for, and they went with the older veteran, uh, Huberdo. I think that's the type of player they were looking for uh, with the head coach at that time, Daryl Sutter, kind of in the twilight here, and he wanted a, a winner. And so I think they didn't want Jordan Kyrie. And what I was told, and please don't take this to the bank, but it was some combination of a Tarasenko, a first-round pick, a Scandella. But obviously, Tarasenko had the no-trade clause, so perhaps it never even got that far with him. But I think that in a perfect world, that's probably the type of package that the Blues would have liked to have moved.
0: Jeremy Rutherford joins us right now on the Fast Fastlane on 101 ESPN. JR, we had some fun going through the offseason predictions article that you put put together Juan, do you like doing these these articles where you get fan involvement and they're ma- they're the ones making the predictions, and then you you guys can kind of react to it? And was it enjoyable to do it with a subscriber, Ken V, who of course made the infamous call about the Blues having the three first round picks by the end of the year?
7: Anthony, I like doing that article because I got the day off basically. Right? <laughs> it wasn't a lot of work. Everybody else did everything. So if we go back to the offseason. My boss said, hey, do some uh, predictions for this upcoming 22-23 season. And I said, hey, why don't we let the readers do that? So Ken V, Ken Velen, who you uh, talked about there, he stepped up and and he made a prediction last October, and and he said that the Blues would have those three first-round picks, including a top 10. So when I went back and looked at that article, my jaw dropped, and I said to my boss, he said to me, we got to get this guy. we got to find him. So I reached out to Ken Velen. He's a 23-year-old law student. He uh, lives in the Oakville area huge lifelong blues fan and we had him analyze our uh, offseason predictions from our other readers uh, and it was a great time so to read somebody else's work hey it's another voice you know i'm stuffing my voice down everybody's throat every day with this stuff and i think for uh for ken to, to have his two cents on each of these predictions that people made it was an enjoyable read i loved it and like i said i got the day off
0: what, what, did you have one that you really liked, though? Like a prediction that they came in and and you thought to yourself, hmm, okay, I can not, – not just uh, I could see that happening, but that was just intriguing to you.
7: Yeah, let me think. So there was a ton of them, right? So people asked, uh, hey, Ken, are the Blues going to bring O'Reilly back? And he kind of was in the same position that I am. A lot of times your brain tells you one thing and your gut tells you another thing. And uh, with this big gut I got, and it tells me a lot. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> JR, Ken, come on. Yeah, Ken. <laughs> Ken said he had to go with his gut, and he didn't think that maybe we have seen the last of uh, Ryan O'Reilly. And, and so there were a lot of other potential trades, you know, tra- trading for a guy in Philly, you know, Konechny, that's the type of guy I think that would fit the Blues really well. And he said that he thought that would be a good fit. So so we had fun with it. We had readers sending in questions, and we had a reader uh, providing the answers. So a lot of good ones. And, hey, listen, when I read Ken's last October and it said the Blues are going to be in uh, – in sell mode at the deadline and they're going to have three first round picks by the end. I poo-pooed that idea and I said, Hey Ken, you're out to lunch. So it turned out to be true. So we'll never know which ones of these come true for a few more months.
3: JR, to clarify a couple of things here, how much actual cap space will the blues have in the off season without like trading or any, just currently the way things sit uh, moving forward.
7: Yeah. According to cap friendly, that number is about 6.5 million. Uh, I didn't, Look to see if they have exactly, you know, fourteen forwards, seven defensemen. Sometimes they'll have an extra player in there, but it's about six point five million. You know, if if uh, that's close enough, you know, Doug Armstrong going back to the trade deadline said the Blues would have about four four point two million to spend. You know, whether it's moving money around with a trade or whether it's uh, in free agency, and that puts it at about right. That's a couple million dollars shy of the salary cap, which is really uh, where Doug Armstrong likes to be to give himself a little bit of cushion there, Riv. JR, love
0: having you on the show. Have a good rest of your week. Have a good weekend. We'll talk ch- talk, to you, talk to you next week.
7: Hey, I made it through the interview. I had my voice. You guys bailed me out last week. Thanks a lot. Oh, no, you're fine. I, listen, I've
0: been there. I, I've hosted an entire show on national radio with no voice. So that was
7: fine last week.
3: All right. Well, good to talk to you. Thanks a lot. When in doubt, JR, just stir up the dog and let it bark.
7: I, I was dying, you guys. I was grabbing whatever cup of whatever <laughs> around the sink that I could chug. It was
0: it was painful. We've all been there, and there's nothing you could do. So good it's all good. Good bourbon always helps. That's Jamie's. <laughs> That's <laughs> Jamie's medicine for everything, though, Jerry. So just be careful. It's universal.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, all right, buddy. We'll talk you. to you. See ya. That's Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider with the Athletic. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at jpRutherford. Can the Card- Cardinals emulate the 2019 Nationals? Who came up with this, Marsh? Is it you?
4: Anthony, just go to the next segment. That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Our guy T-Bone, not beat the streak T-Bone, but T-Bone from from uh, B-Camp Ferrario, had some interesting numbers today in 2019. What? The, yeah.
3: T-Bone? T-Bone. Look at him. He's growing up, huh? Look at that guy
0: go. One, one day at a time, oh man. One he's day at a time. So Tanner had these numbers. In 2019, the Nationals started the first few months of their season 24 and 33 heading into June. Actually, this was Marsh. Marsh had that number. They ended up finishing the season with a 93 and 69 record. Unfortunately, as we know, they won the World Series. They swept the Cardinals in the NLCS that year. But here's the T Bone Nugget. Since 2000, just eight teams have made the playoffs when they were 10 plus games below 500 at any point in a season. Most recently was last year's Mariners, who were 10 games below 500 on June 19th. Another t-bone nugget for you the cardinals have made the playoffs 15 times since 2000 that's not counting 2020 because of the pandemic the most games below 500 for any one of those playoff teams was five hmm. but that was only back in 2002 cardinals world series teams most games are below 500 04 there were two only two games below believe it or not in, in 2006 they were never below 500 <clears throat> despite their Despite their their issues with injuries and everything that 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 year, they were never below five hundred. Which is I can't believe that. In eleven, there were only four games below five hundred, and in thirteen, when they made the World Series and lost to the Red Sox, there were only two games below five hundred. So they have always been within range when it comes to these World Series teams. Nobody's saying that Carl's going to win a World Series this year. Make the World Series hell. They they'll be lucky to make the playoffs at this point. However. Is there any chance, is there any hope that this is a team that can turn it around like some of these other teams that we mentioned? I say no way in hell. Uh,
3: yeah, it's tough for me to wrap my brain around it because when I think of that Nationals team, um, one, that pitching staff was pretty darn good.
0: It was stacked. Absolutely stacked.
3: Yeah, and you don't have that here. i mean close. You don't. And, and And so I just don't know how you get there without those particular pieces.
0: Yeah, the two things, the two, the two teams couldn't be polar opposite. Let's start with that pitching, as Jamie brought up. That 2019 Nationals staff had Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg. They signed Annabelle Sanchez in the offseason. We know how Sanchez yeah. how well, Sanchez pitched in the NLCS. So damn, <laughs> damn near no-hit-you in um, game one at Bush Stadium. And they signed Patrick Corbin. Now that contract is an albatross. But Patrick Corbin at one point was a pretty good pitcher. So they gave free agent dollars to Annabelle Sanchez. Not a ton. But their big free agent deal that year was Patrick Corbin. They lost Bryce Harper to the Phillies. Bryce Harper does not have a World Series ring. The na- that National team won without him. That National team still had Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon back when he was good. There's a couple other pieces that I'm missing from that from that offense they started slow because their bullpen sunk them in in april There were winnable games bullpen got blown up they quickly fixed those those issues throughout the course of the year including some deadline deals they got right they got hot and it was a juggernaut and you just couldn't overcome the pitching trey turner also fractured his index finger in a game in april so they lost him for I don't know how many, a month or a month and a half or something like that, and he eventually came back. Does any of this describe the Cardinals to you? Pitching. I didn't hear one thing
4: that you just premium said. That, did I say
0: Juan Soto? Did I, did I forget Juan Soto, by the way? No, no you didn't.
4: Soto. No, you definitely said him. Uh, no, everything you just mentioned does not sound like this team. Okay, so
0: if, there you go.
3: Here's how I could be swayed in the only way. If you're drunk? Well, that's one way, so I shouldn't say the only way. Here's one of the ways I could be swayed is if this offense was just raking and the pitching staff was, I don't want to say irrelevant, but an afterthought mm-hmm. because you're putting up five, six, seven runs. Maybe not on a nightly basis, but consistently. That's the only way I could be swayed. But right now the offense, they're barely scoring runs. In in their losses, I think I heard a number today, Randy Carricker said something about it. It's like, Two point four runs per game in their losses. It's two something, two point something, whatever it is. It's not good enough. Is no the bottom line. But if they were putting up four, five runs a game, and you can say, okay, you know what? If I squint, I could see it. Mm-hmm. But the offense isn't there. No. So when the offense isn't there and your pitching isn't there, that's tough to win games.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> It's basically baseball. You just eliminated the factors <laughs> of baseball The win. just
3: eliminated everything. Yeah.
0: Here's the other factor here, too. When you're talking about a team that is underperforming, and the Cardinals, well, they've been bad, they're also still in that underperforming category. They're not the A's. Nobody expected the Cardinals to be bad. Everybody expected the A's to be bad. You can't say they're underperforming. The Cardinals are underperforming. But when you're underperforming, are you a team, to your point, Jamie, that has one glaring weakness because you can do things if you have that one glaring weakness-huh you own a house as homeowners, we know if, if, if the you know the heat the AC unit goes out by the way, call Swiss air for that if the go ahead marsh oh, there we go there it is. if the AC unit goes out and you got one you got one issue but the rest of the house you're, you're set, okay, I could do something about that. If the AC goes out, the TV gets the TV's broken, the fridge the fridge also goes out. And the you have termites. The foundation. Yeah, and you have termites. <laughs> that's a that's a bit of a problem. You may you, you can attack one you thing. You got a possum. You, a, you got an opossum, but mm. you think to yourself, okay, he'll handle the the ants and stuff. We learned that yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's where the kind of the cardinals are at right now. The AC unit's broke, the refrigerator's on the fritz, the TV the TV just crapped out. You don't. You don't have. You can't address everything all at once, and even if you address one thing at a time, it is unlikely to make the difference quickly for you. By the but you know by the time it's still by by the time it still matters for you to do something, the Nationals had a bullpen issue; they could fix one thing. Cool. The Mariners, who we mentioned before, they didn't have an ace; they traded for one at the deadline, and things kind of came together. There's not just one issue going on with the Cardinals. That I think is the biggest over overarching issue right now.
4: So when we look at these uh these two teams that we mentioned, the, the twenty nineteen Nationals and then last year's Mariners, June seemed to be that month where these team these two teams turn things around. Mm-hmm. Should we give this team until June, midway through June, to essentially give up on them?
0: Completely give the, up on them? Is that the sure. make
4: or break point?
0: Like the first of June? So two months, are you talking about through June? No, these teams...
3: teams
4: Was it through June? Through June. So the Nationals were 24 and 33 heading into June. They were nine games... Into June. Under 500.
0: And then corrected itself in June. Corrected itself in June. Sure. But if you're... So right now you're 10 games... But here's here's the bigger problem. You're 10 (sighs) games back right now in the Central. Mm Mm-hmm. Forget that you're 10 and 20. You're 10 games back in the Central. If they don't start to turn it around in May, you've got issues. I
4: mean, you can't win a series right now. I'll give them till Flag Day. Okay. Which is June 14th. The old Flag Day. That's fine. That's just me personally, though. A lot of people might not agree. A lot of people are already out on this team. Like Jamie.
3: I'm not got, out on the team. He's, got just, bad, he's just got a bad attitude. But if they
4: end up performing <laughs> the way that we talked about this yesterday, if they end up performing the way that we thought they were on opening day, like I think they can correct this. But they have steep to they have to do climb, it quickly. Baby.
3: It is a steep climb right now. Ten games back in a division that you don't play as many times as you did before. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. And maybe that's another problem. You're relying on
3: other teams to do your dirty work, Mm -hmm. which is Mm going to be difficult. Yeah.
0: By the way, you faced Shohei Otani tonight. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN, 314-399-9646. is the Air Comfort Service Tax Line. If you have a question for us, great. Send it in. Again, that's our Air Comfort Service Tax Line. Sports 6-pack is next.
1: We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately.
4: Asking me all these weird questions.
1: Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Alright, guys, let's answer all
0: six questions today, huh? We're feeling good. Not about the Cardinals. But about life, Mm. kind of. Go ahead, Marsh. Question number
4: one. From the 314, Jamie, you had a great career in the NHL as a D-man. So here's my question. What was your favorite moment from your entire career and why?
3: Oh, my God. My career in the NHL or? Just as career. career? Overall. Um, Hmm a lot of favorites man some big moments uh you know uh, winning the gold medal at the world junior championship was uh, you know something i'm very proud of being drafted to the nhl and scoring my first nhl goal those were all big moments playing with wayne gretzky on the same team pretty cool thing to think about and you know the, the list of other Hall of Famers that I played with along the way. That's certainly something I'm very proud of. Uh, Loved winning the playoffs, and specifically here in St. Louis. Loved coming back against the Phoenix Coyotes, down 3-1, coming back winning in seven for that one. It's a good moment, too. So a lot of great moments in, in my career that I'm proud of.
1: Question number two.
4: From the
3: 314, are you guys
4: going to the ballpark tonight to see Shohei Ohtani? Chance of a lifetime
3: for him. Mm. <laughs> 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 Couldn't uh, help myself,
0: Marshy. I did not. I did not get tickets, <laughs> nor did I get the media credential for tonight. So, uh, no, I will uh, not be in you attendance. Just go down.
3: They'll let you in.
0: I'll see. I'll see Shohei Ohtani. A year from now, as a at Bush Stadium, as a Dodger. Yeah,
3: get a lot, we can see a lot more of them next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: he'll be in the National League, so they, they'll, they'll play the Dodgers a lot more. Mm.
4: But if you are heading down there, have fun. Marshy is. I am going to the game. That's right. I'm going to bring home a winner. Yeah, you are. Now, are you wearing your jersey there, kid? No, I'm wearing... <laughs> you know, mm. I specifically did not wear a jersey today because of the conversation, conversation we, we had last week. Yeah, I'm actually wearing... Uh, it's a shirt that says I'll read it Beer and baseball <laughs> shirt says Frank Frank shirt A city built on beer Britain. and baseball it Says what? Great Frank? Britain Oh <laughs> it's, it's my says, Great Britain shirt It says be patient
2: <laughs> Yeah mm.
3: Well Marcia I hope you enjoy your evening
4: at Yeah airport. me too uh, Specifically sitting on the third base side Of Bush Stadium so can,
3: how close um
4: can you touch anato
3: no no I can can you yell so he can hear you oh I'll be yelling okay
0: okay yeah can I or yeah, lower bowl can I offer you some advice
4: absolutely I love when you guys give me advice I
0: just said can you can you touch Nolan Arnato no don't touch Anthony
4: Rendon if
0: you're on the mm, third base line
4: I don't think I can yell at him either that doesn't work
3: oh yeah he will grab but marshy's not wearing a jersey so yeah. he may not have well, you know that. what? If he
4: grabs me, I'll do the double hook inside. Yeah, that that move that Jamie taught me yesterday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he goes through a punch, you just punch him Damn. in the shoulder. I'll hit him right in the throat. Yep, and then slip it uppercut. Guys, don't Done give away deal. all the family recipes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, just wanted to tease him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, it should be a fun
0: I'm game just, tonight. I'm sorry, I just pictured Marsh trying the move that Jamie showed him yesterday and getting absolutely knocked out.
3: <laughs> it's like those videos, like on Facebook and Instagram, where they've got like the self defense guy that when somebody pulls a gun and they're like. Yes, it's this easy, and then like it real happens in real life, and (laughs) the guy gets shot in the shoulder. He's like, "What happened to the tits, man? It doesn't work."
0: (laughs) There's somebody that does those those videos on on Instagram, and it's the you know the one guy in Detroit that that has the the classes and the videos where how do you you know self defense and all that. Yeah, yeah. And it's that guy showing how to like you know disengage basically with somebody if if you're sitting in your car and then that oh, guy I've seen that, that, that guy yeah. does it and the next scene is <laughs> him in heaven
3: <laughs> he goes I forgot a step I forgot step three <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's not funny, but it is.
4: Uh, <laughs> if I forgot step two. <laughs> uh over-under strikeouts for Shohei Otani tonight. Oh boy. Mm,
3: nine and a, a half. half. <laughs> no, I'm taking the over on that.
4: I think nine and a half is a perfect number.
3: No. Yeah. No way.
0: Okay, what's the fan duel number you think you guys think?
3: I think a real number is probably five and a half. No. You think it's higher than that?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: my goodness. Uh, absolutely. Anthony might be spot on.
3: No.
0: I th- Okay, yeah. so I think our partners at FanDuel will have Otani's strikeout number at eight and a half. Oh. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I think they, and I haven't looked. I'll look in a second, but let's get some guesses. I say eight and a half.
4: Uh, <sighs> sure, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go with eight and a half as well. Not looking at his... Game log by any means. Um, eight and a half is a good number. I think he ends up getting 12 strikeouts tonight. Wow. 12 is a lot. Yeah. 12 eight is and a lot. is good. Uh-huh. But you know what? I think the Cardinals end up winning. I think the Cardinals end up winning tonight. I think I think the, I think think the Angels' bullpen will, will blow the game tonight. Their bullpen's not that good. and You have to score runs, Mark. We're going to score in the bullpen. Oh, boy. Hear me out. The Cardinals, you know... They're, they probably won't hit Shohei Ohtani, but but the Angels, they find ways to lose games that he starts. Okay. Now they didn't find ways to lose in four of those so far this year. <laughs> but you told me earlier, Anthony, the A's, the A's got to him. They did in the yeah. last in and his last start. They got to the him. Cardinals have a similar skill set to that team right now.
0: So uh, uh, very uh-huh. true.
4: I was I was off by the way. For what? I
0: was off big time. What is it? Is it
4: closer to Jamie?
0: Jamie was closer on the actual wow. number. You guys Just, laughed at me. Is it six and a half? Six and a half.
4: Really? It's a bad number. They must not be watching the games. You
3: guys laughed mm. right in my face. I, d- I did.
4: Yeah.
0: I I literally laughed mm. in your face at that comment. Five yep. and a half.
3: Mm. All right. Well,
4: boy, they like me now.
0: The sports books have way too much faith in yeah. your Cardinals.
4: <laughs> they must know something. Oh, boy, they boy. must know that i'm going to the game tonight and bring it home in a winner there you go question number three uh from the 636 being a bruins fan and having a great season oh i'm sorry which is worse yeah being a bruins fan and having a great season and then losing in the first round or being a cardinals fan and frustrated because of how the season has started oh the bruins that was a historic season
0: they had you got and granted it's good florida team we're rooting for them because of the local ties but that's a bad way to go. You get bounced in a first round. You're up 3-1. Again, greatest greatest collapse in sports history. One of. The greatest. We don't have to mention any other collapses in sports history now. We won't, Anthony. Because of the Bruins. That was the biggest.
3: Um, I'll have to agree with Anthony on this. Not the greatest sports collapse. We already know where that lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the Dirty Birds down in Atlanta. But either way... um. To be a team that dominated all year long and then have it ripped away from you in the first round when you're up three to one, that to me would be a more painful experience than just going through a frustrating year from beginning to end. I feel like the frustrating year from beginning to end, you kind of feel like we're ah, oh, here we go, Otani with another loss. Like you, you, your expectations aren't there. You also start to check out. A little bit. You kind of, you know, playfully kind of make fun of the season, like whatever, yeah, okay? Yeah. We've We're a Bruins that. fan, man. You're like thinking about your Stanley Cup tattoo that you're going to get with yeah. your boys when they win.
4: Or and, some and- people, they already have the tattoo.
3: That's possible. Yeah. And uh, then it's it's not the case. I feel mm-hmm. like that would be way worse. Agreed.
1: Question number four. Question four, please. Yeah, thank you.
4: From the nine eight zero, with most fans saying Mo uh, always had winning seasons because of the division, could having a losing season for the first time prove the naysayers right? Well, it would just still be one season, though.
1: Are
0: you talking yeah. about like the balanced schedule proving the naysayers right? I don't think th- I don't think that's refutable.
4: Well, I think I think what the the listeners asking is, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, okay, well, you know, Mo. You might not like him but a ton of winning seasons sure um and then people say but they've
0: benefited from playing in a bad division correct yeah I and mean, and does this season prove them right yeah. i'll say right here i don't i don't i don't think that's refutable i i i think we all can a, agree that they have benefited from playing in the nl central anybody that's like standing up on the table saying you know what nobody's talking about the fact that they benefited from playing in the NL Central all those years, everybody knows that. I don't think that. I don't think that's the NL debatable.
3: Central always been the worst. Li-
0: it has been a. It,
3: I. Like, I. I'm going back and thinking, like, trying to remember. You've
0: like, had one. You've had one team competing with you. That's
3: it. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Outside right. of outside of the year where the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Cardinals were, were all kind of vying there, that's one year. You have definitely benefited. However, I'll, I'll say this: there's also four other teams in the NL Central, and they don't have the track record that the Cardinals do. So yes, both can be true here. They have benefited from playing in a crap division. They those other four teams still don't have the track record that the Cardinals do. The Patriots also benefited from playing in a crap division all right, for all okay. those years. Here we go. But they've got Unreal Super Bowl titles, mm-hmm. and one was. One was gifted to him. Yeah, they cheated on one. <sighs> they cheated on oh, one? Way more yeah. than one, guys. One was donated, multiple <laughs> yeah. cheating. One was donated to him
4: yep. recently, which I thought was really mm. nice. Which one was donated? The Falcons donated this year. Oh, I'm thinking of the Seahawks one. The Falcons one was more like gift wrapped. And given to them That's what I'm saying They donated more, the, don't the Falcons know they
0: donated, donated. They, they did No they they, did they they First of all they volunteered Their, their time that night yeah, Okay And they They had it And then said You know what We're We don't have one But that's fine We're more givers So mm-hmm. they donated it To the Patriots I think one of the The bigger Charitable uh, Contributions In ever Bob And I don't think It's talked about enough Hmm Enjoy that. Thank you. What is the text line's definition of good for the Cardinals? This is an interesting question. uh, You should just say good. It's incredibly loaded, too. That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: feeling sorry for us right now okay the, the league loves watching us fail because we're good every year um, so there's not a team out there that is sitting back and, and feeling sorry for us uh, no one's going to hand us anything and we're just going to have to dig deep and prove everybody wrong and uh, we're up for the task alright that was Ollie Marmel do you think he goes
0: that route now Jamie which one's that where he walks into the clubhouse and he goes nobody believes in us goes that route even though you know, the reason why nobody believes in you is because you played bad baseball through the first month and a game mm. but still you could kick up a pretty good narrative go in there nobody believes in us everybody hates us nobody believes that you guys can turn this around everybody's laughing at you
3: They're laughing
0: no go there
3: um, we haven't talked about this yet uh, what how do we feel about Nolan Arenado's
0: oh for, not great Oh, his quote?
3: Yeah, where he's saying, "I don't know why everybody's all like panicking." Or what, I don't know what the direct quote is. I've heard it a few times. Do we have it on here or now? Probably not. Eh? Marshy, do? Yeah, we, I have. Do you know it. what I'm talking about?
4: Marcy's I know exactly you. what you're going to talk Read about.
3: Read it for me, please.
4: Yes, Nolan Arnado said, "We're all upset, but it was April. It's hard to really comprehend. It feels like the season's over with the way people are reacting." That would be us. We have a lot of season left, so if we're going to have a bad month, we'd rather it be early than late, right? I like our chances. We have a good team, and hopefully, the off day resets us and gets us ready to go. And the narrator said it did not. So that was before
0: that was you lost five to one to the yeah. Angels last night. Yeah, they just got to play better. I know that sounds I know that sounds yeah. stupid, but it it look there's no th- nobody's nobody's coming to save the season here. You can make moves. Jamie and I have talked about it. I think they should make moves. Jamie thinks they should make moves. You can do a couple of things to give yourself a chance to spark it. I would bring up Juan Yepes, a DFA Taylor Motter. Yeah, I would bring up Matthew Liberator. I'd replace him in the rotation with Jake Woodford, who I'd send down. I would replace Stephen Matz in the rotation with Adam Wainwright when he comes back on Saturday, or however you want to flip that. You know, Maybe Wainwright takes Woodford's spot and – Libertor takes Steven Matz's spot Jamie has mentioned bringing up at the very least Juan Yepes you can make you can make moves mm-hmm. you can also fire the manager you could I know a lot of fans would love to see it happen because they're angry and their their frustrations they, they want to see the Cardinals match their frustrations they they want the Cardinals to be mad and frustrated too and say we will not stand for it and they they, they fire the manager none of this of course means that you're actually going to turn things around but I would love to see them make some moves here but at some point Steven Matz can't take the mound and give up four runs in the first damn inning. At some point <laughs> yeah, you tough. get in a spot with the guy that's making the most money and I love Nolan Arenado, but he's in, the, he's in that spot last night where they could turn things around a little bit and he hits, he hits one square squarely to the shortstop worst possible time you you generated some opportunities yesterday, get to last night to get back in that game, Jamie. You didn't. These are all these are all fundamental to winning baseball games. Get a runner on, get them in. They get the first part right. They'll get they'll get guys on. They're a good batting average team, but they're not driving runners in. I know that there are times now recently the starting pitching has been fine, but as a whole, Jamie, the starting pitching hasn't been great. Thank you. They found way. If they have found ways to lose, they have found ways to lose. Till you, till you fix the the main things, it's not going to matter how much moves you make. You could get that shuttle of going back and forth to Memphis all you want, mm-hmm. but it comes down to better starting pitching, driving runners in, or getting the damn ball over the wall. You yeah. try that every once in a while.
3: <laughs> Be nice.
0: Hang on, turn things around if you don't do that stuff.
3: Yeah, I I mean, what? We've talked about it now. Like, it's getting painful almost. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm like, I feel I'm like uh, I, I, I come on, rinse, repeat. You are. Hey, ultimately, the team has to play better. Like mm-hmm. you said, the players have to step up their game and play better. I, I don't know what else there is. And I don't know how long you continue to stay the course with what you're currently doing. Right. I know I, I wouldn't, but I'm not paid to make those decisions.
0: Here's the other factor, Jamie, that that is gonna is gonna frustrate Cardinals fans even more. This is a at times painfully patient organization. This is not a high reactive organization. Oh no, they believe deeply in their model they believe deeply in the people that they have put into place being the being the guys mike Schultz, i think surprised them with what happened there in the, the back half of 2021 to the point where they they made the decision to to let him go otherwise this is an organization that is going to allow their players and their managers, and their coaching staff, a lot of leeway. And to this point, it has worked. Will this be the one, the one time where they say, okay, we have to really rechange things? I don't know. But this is a painfully patient organization, for better or worse.
3: Yeah, you're right. I mean, th- there's no real, like, wake up one day and we're changing everything. It's been very much the same but can you fault it ultimately like you've had a consistent winning atmosphere right as a St. Louis Cardinals fan you haven't made the playoffs every year I get it fine you haven't won a playoff round or a playoff series in quite a while now but when you look around there's a lot of teams that haven't even been in the playoffs for a number of years. Well,
0: there's there's a lot of teams right now too, Jamie. That you would you would expect to be playing good baseball, and they're not. And I know you don't care. I get it. We only care about the Cardinals. I understand it. The Yankees are 16 and 15, though. The Houston Astros are 16 and 15. They lost. They got. They lost two of three to the Giants. And then the Dodgers. Well, the Dodgers started to slow things around, but the Padres. Everybody. Everybody loved the Padres in the offseason. They're 16 and 15 phillies just got back bryce harper they're 15 and 16 they're a game below 500 there's there are teams right now that are that, that are off to slow starts this one feels different that one it's worse it's still your, your 10 games below 500 you're 10 games back of the pittsburgh pirates but there are teams elsewhere that had high expectations coming in the year that are off to slow starts the difference is most of those teams are dealing with, with big-time injuries we talked we talked about Bryce Harper. Aaron Judge was just placed on the injured list for the Yankees. Carlos Rodon, I think, is just ready to take his – he hasn't had a pitch yet. hasn't made a pitch yet for the Yankees. Who's the other team? I'm the Padres. The Padres are just – they're not dealing with injuries at this point. It's just kind of, again, just a bit of a slow start. Cardinals aren't dealing with injuries. They're dealing with a roster-wide issue of players that are underperforming. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. What, oh, we got more Cardinals stock. Yeah. Can a win versus Otani be the starting spot for the Cardinals? Maybe a, maybe maybe tonight's the night, guys. Turn things around. You beat Otani and then you go to the World Series. Sure, Anthony. That snacks on 101
1: ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
0: Otani versus Miles Michaelis at 645 as the Cardinals and Angels continue their series. Miles Michaelis struggled out of the blocks with a 10.05 ERA over his first three starts. He has found his stride, though. He's only allowed six runs, five earned in his last 17 and a third innings. Is that good enough? No, but again, when you're coming from a 10.05 ERA, any sort of productive outings will you know they'll help they'll help so he's got the era down to five nine seven again not good but from where it was it's better and he's going to attempt to have his recent surge he'll take that into the matchup tonight against the angels the angels win five one last night cardinals have lost four straight seven of eight overall but the last time that they did win was michaelis thursday last thursday in san francisco in that 6-0 victory he threw six and a third in his last outing, blanked the Giants on four hits and two walks while striking out six batters. Jamie, the problem, one of them, is that he's going to oppose Shohei Otani, who is 4 0 with a one eight five ERA. This is after he's got a 1.85 ERA, Jamie, after allowing five runs on three hits, including two home runs, walking two against the A's in his last start. Think about that. He allowed five runs in his last start against the A's, which was April 27th, which ballooned his ERA to 1.85. (laughs)
3: Ballooned it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice choice of words there. Uh, Ballooned it to 1.85. This
0: dude's been incredible.
3: But yeah, theoretically,
0: Uh. Jamie, theoretically, if they could beat Shohei Otani tonight, it's a nice
3: springboard. So go ahead and talk about that. Do we really think that's going to happen? No. But this is... Uh, like, romantically, I know, Marsha, you came in today. Yeah. Uh, you you know, you're all shaved up. You got the Miles Michaelis look going on. You know what? Today. I
4: didn't put the two and two together. You do. Um, you have it going on. But up. I do have the mustache going in there. Yeah. 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 You got
3: the Miles Michaelis look going on Miles Michaelis night down mm. at Bush Stadium. Yeah. We'll call it that. Sure. Um, mm. And you were optimistic. I was optimistic.
4: Is it just because you're going to the game? Well, yeah, I mean that's about ninety five percent of it, and I'm hoping for a win. But I just feel and we talked about this in the office. It makes sense that the Cardinals win because it doesn't make sense. Okay. Because this team Do
3: we really believe that though?
4: Well I I'm just hearing hey, me. Out. I, hey. I
3: thought you know, it was a conversation, Anthony. My bad. I, I know Jamie, but you didn't know you just you know, you held, did all this stuff. Hey Jamie? Go ahead, Anthony. Andrew's talking. Go ahead,
0: Anthony. In, in Marsh's defense, you asked him a question. So let's give him an opportunity to answer. Go done? ahead, Marshy.
4: Hey, Jamie, as a wise man once said, you can't listen while you're talking. Thank you. You're right. It. I got a well genius. Uh, yeah, he's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I already lost one of my, my train of thought. See, I'm sorry, Damn it.
3: That <laughs> happens to me all the time, too. Happens to me all the time, too. I walk out of the house and don't know why. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be like funny though? Why am I in the front lawn? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why am I at the grocery store right now?
0: I do that all the time I too. Need gas,
3: not groceries.
0: I I do that sadly. Mm. Like, how I, did I get here? I blame the kids. There are times I'll go to the pantry. You blame and the kids. I, I do. That's a bold move. I'm sorry. No, I don't blame the kids. Like right away. I'm just saying. Oh, no ah. their back. Since, having yeah. kids, <laughs> since having kids. Since having kids, I feel like I've lost my
4: mind. I would have got away with it too.
0: I walked into the pantry the other
4: day. And just, it I wasn't for those damn kids in the metal you face? No,
3: I didn't, not <laughs> I didn't this time.
4: Get... That's a pool. <laughs> uh,
3: Marshy, so you're talking about Shohei Otani and how yeah, this doesn't make sense. So it, it, it doesn't. It does I, just, make
4: sense. I feel like it would just be, wouldn't it be funny though, this team who can't really get anything going offensively, I just find it, I think it'd be ironic that they would end up beating the best baseball player in the world. And then you use that as a springboard and you, and one of the things that I, that I uh, wrote down was, uh, and I remember BK tweeted this out months ago when the Blues went on their eight game losing streak. He goes, Wouldn't it be something if, if the Blues beat the Golden Knights, who at the time were like the best team in the Western Conference, and they ended up being the best team in the Western Conference at the, in the end of the regular season? And then the Blues went on, they beat Anthony Sharks, then they beat God the Golden gosh. Knights, and then they beat the Avalanche. And we're like, well, where's this team been? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's something similar, if we see something similar happen tonight. Yeah, I doubt it. Do you have a mic drop for us? Yeah, I do. Okay. We always love having mic drop.
6: What's up, fellas? I got to get a few things off my chest about the Cardinals. You do it. Number one, you wouldn't trade Dylan Carlson for Juan Soto. At the beginning of the season, the guy's on the bench. He's your fourth outfielder. Doesn't make sense. Let the man play center field. Let him play every night at least six, five, six times a week, and quit screwing with this lineup. Second brings me to the lineup. Jamie, you know this. In hockey, the goaltending, they pitch a shutout. Who's back the next night, whether it's Benner, Grice, whoever it's the goalie that got the shutout so why when we win a game do we send out a totally different lineup let the team back on the field that won the game quit screwing with this lineup it's driving us crazy
4: that was tony by the way thank you tony at
3: this point if you do win a game you should roll the same lineup out there (laughs) it's been a while like seriously
0: i I would the
3: problem is Sorry, Anthony. Remember that it. thing of like... I apologize. You're I cut you off. Remember that one? Sorry.
0: I thought you were done. My bad. Yeah. That's, not, that's on me. Go ahead.
3: forgot what I was saying. Though. <laughs> no, actually, I do remember now. The problem with baseball... <laughs> I wish everybody could have seen James' face I panicked for a second. Dead air. Say something. Anything.
0: <laughs> go ahead. The problem with for, baseball.
3: not a problem with baseball. The problem with the theory of doing this in baseball is you have... Lefty versus lefty, righty versus lefty. Oh, you have all these things that come in, mm-hmm. and you as an organization really haven't let these guys break through some of that. Yeah. Do you just roll it then? Like, at tonight's this point, lineup, I um, you know, you've got Gorman in there, you nude Newt at the top of the lineup. Like, if they win tonight, mm-hmm. and then tomorrow night they face a left-handed pitcher, I don't know who they're I, – I haven't looked ahead, but let's, hypothetically sure. speaking, yeah do you just let it roll
0: yeah uh, yeah to Tony, i think that's tony's point
3: yeah i know but You're, i'm just saying like can you really see the cardinals doing that oh god no no no, no but i would love i to, don't i don't disagree with the theory at all
0: i would love to see it too who's your who's your best nine or your best eight who's your best eight
3: well it's nine
0: nine who's your best nine did i forget the pitcher? D H or D H Who's your best ten then. Who's your best ten then? Realistically. Yeah. But you can't
3: roll the same pitcher out two games in a row. Well, I
0: thought Bob
4: Gibson I th- would pitch. Bob back Gibson to back would days. pitch you back. Thought that's back. where he was going. You know, yeah. I
0: thought that's what Tony Tony, when he laid it out there about the goaltender, I thought to myself, if Miles Michaelis pitches well tonight, why yeah. don't he throws a shutout tonight, mm-hmm. I think he I think he pitches tomorrow. He's got a rubber arm. Day game. That's where I thought maybe Tony was going with it. He didn't. He was uh he took this seriously. Man but 9. Yeah, go
3: go with your best 9. Why not? I I agree. There's no pushback here.
0: Oh, one day on, one day off. Two games on, two games like you're you're not with the you're the Giants when they did that 3 years 3 years ago. They had guys who nobody ever heard of. They had guys that were miscast on other teams that that were that that, that they did, you know, Darren Ruff and uh Austin Slater, and like they, they've they had guys that were, were basically platoon players. So what they did was they said, okay, our roster isn't that great. But this guy hits lefties well, this guy hit righties well, and they went with it. You don't have that with the Cardinals. You don't have platoon players. But yet you're trying to make this a platoon roster. Go with your best nine. Now, if Nolan Gorman is a complete disaster... He's hitting 95 against lefties for, for a month. Okay, I get it.
3: Yeah, but you let him go for a month at least. But you
0: let him go. You do not have a roster of platoon players who know or are just happy with just, hey, all right, cool, I'm in the lineup. That's what the Giants did a couple of years ago, and I feel like the Cardinals are trying to do the same crap. When the Giants had Bonds <sighs> yeah. and Kent... And Rich Aurelia and JT Snow. Guess who played daily?
3: Well, those guys are pretty good. Exactly. I,
0: I would assume that the players that the Cardinals have are much better than what we're seeing.
3: I think see better than Barry Bond. And Jeff
0: oh, no. No, <laughs> dude, definitely not. Dude, those yourself. are MVPs. <laughs> no, when it comes to this roster, though, to Tony's point, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind, mind seeing it either.
4: Those guys were. Those two were great teammates. They were. They, they tried like to each kill other. each other. Absolutely, Jamie. To your
0: point or your question, will, will will we see it? Do we think the Cardinals will do it? No, no, we don't.
3: Is the problem with this club maybe that you have too many platoon players, meaning too many different players that play different positions? Like, is that a pro, is that problematic to you? Yeah, it's problematic. It's brought it up a long time ago, and then it's just kind of recycling in my brain. When we talked earlier about the defensive things that have been happening, yeah. is it because you just have a whole bunch of players that you're plugging in anywhere?
0: I think it's a problem when you're losing. Yeah. I think when you're winning, it can be viewed as great depth, but you're losing right yeah. now. Great depth and flexibility. I think when you're winning, the Rays right now, the Rays have a roster where they're mixing and matching. They don't start the same guys every day, but they're winning. Winning, winning is the ultimate cure-all.
3: I don't disagree with that.
0: So... To, to our point and to your question, the, the, since the Cardinals are losing, why don't you just go ahead and pick out your, your your best nine if you want to play the matchups later in the game? Fine.
3: Who are your best nine?
0: Well, that's part of the issue too. There's nobody. Biggest question of the day next. I want to win ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast Lane's biggest question of the day.
0: It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter, and this is our question of the day. Biggest question of the day.
4: All right, guys, we're going to change some some things up right now. We've been talking Cardinals baseball all day long. I feel like there's a lot of, you know, angst in this room right now. <laughs> uh, of
0: <What>? course. <laughs>
3: You know, we're just we're stressed out. The
0: Cardinals losing has bled into this studio.
3: I was just talking to Jody down there, our front desk receptionist. And she wears many hats. Yes. And I just told her how hard it is to talk about a team when they're consistently losing. This year, we could use the Blues as a reference point, now the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. People out there listening, you think this is easy, huh? <sighs> <laughs> it's really hard to be negative for four hours straight I don't know how you've done it for all those years Anthony yeah, I don't know how the 6-1 hate does it I'm just going to ignore it. Yeah, honestly the 6-1 hate I got a whole newfound respect for you man you are dedicated he's very us. dedicated yeah Yeah. he knows All right, sorry Andrew
4: uh, anyways the question from the 636 what would you guys do on your day with the cup If you were if you were to win the Stanley Cup what would you do with your day with the cup <laughs> uh, I would
0: probably just host a massive party, inviting friends and family. Yeah, come on over. Make love to the cup if they want to. Go for it. You know.
3: I don't think Philip Pritchard. He'll be there. Him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he, no. So. An interesting. So one, Anthony. Philip Pritchard. He's he's always around that going going thing, huh? There. Yeah, they've got and two guys.
4: It doesn't matter what's going on.
3: Uh, pretty much, but when the players get it, it's a lot more loosey goosey. Okay, that. when it like in public appearances when they have the sure. come get your picture with the cup, you're not allowed to touch the cup, you can't do any of that. But when players have the cup, um, you know, for the most part, the player has to be holding the cup with you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an unwritten rule that you can only hold it up if you've won it, right? Type thing, but that also gets blurred a little bit when the party's going on and if the player let's say it's Alex Petrangelo walks over and hands you the cup you're not supposed to just drop it on the ground and be like I can't touch this thing Right? Yeah, it it is what it is I don't know my day with the cup I think I'd certainly have a lot of fun Um, yeah I certainly get up in the morning Uh, I'd, I'd want family around I'd want some quiet time family around in the morning
0: quiet time with the cup
3: no, not, not quite like you, Anthony. And but then
0: you bring the family over so that they could have their own quiet time with the cup.
3: No, oh. I'd like the family there all together. And what I meant by quiet time, Anthony, is no big party yet. Like, take a moment, breathe. And if family want to take pictures with the cup or drink out of the cup or whatever it is, right? Get that out of the way because you know as the day goes on, it's going to get real blurry mm. for you. And the last thing you want to try and do is squeeze in your closest friends and family at 10 pm at night when there's chaos basically because everybody's drinking and partying and so you get everybody over in the morning and then i i've seen this done by a couple of guys which i think is hilarious and it's awesome is you know a lot of guys take the cup to somewhere a hospital to see children whatever um, i would certainly in, you know look into that but i think having a like a street hockey tournament doesn't whatever. david
4: perron do that david perron or he did, did that
3: he did do that and they raised money at the same time for a local charity
4: it's
0: a great idea people
3: could come out and participate in the little street hockey thing and, and donate money and whatnot so i think that, that element to it as well and then from there i mean you know pick your poison we're gonna have a nice dinner and then we're gonna get after it
0: i'd like to change my answer to the charity thing too
4: so you're not making no. love well i said my family couple. could my family could,
0: but no, I'll do the you charity. You have to be touching it, though. I'll do the, I'll do the charity the thing. Cup. No, I don't have to. Well, that's an unwritten rule. Well, I didn't know about it, so I'm going to change my answer to the... We'll do
4: the charity thing. Mm. We got a text from the 314. Jamie would fit it for a Speedo, I am sure.
3: Oh, God. Yeah, we'd have matching Speedos, the cup and I. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
4: <laughs> now, does the cup have to be both upside down? Lard-
3: both called Lord family.
4: The cup have to be yeah. upside down, or does it? can it be upright
3: um hmm
4: was that only for fruit
3: yeah no it's gotta be upright gotcha I don't cup upside
4: down. no interesting
3: upright for sure that'd be a fun picture
4: mm.
3: uh, alright there you go yeah there you Great have
0: stuff. it good stuff alright we have beat the streak coming up next oh, see God. if our T-bone character can continue his streak what is it seven now yeah he's at seven
3: he's doing good man I'm proud of him
0: he still has three three more to collect before he matches Jamie mm-hmm Ooh. Jamie's at one point, Jamie's got the, the longest streak at ten.
3: Was it ten mm-hmm. or eleven? It was
4: ten. A okay. pretty easy ten, as I remember you saying. It
3: was easy. And since yeah. then, um I've been back on another one. I've only missed once this year, Anthony. It's real this stuff is not complicated.
0: You're a maniac. <laughs> Beat Thank the you. streak. Next, I want to win ESPN.
3: We're right back to the Fast Lane
1: Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101
2: ESPN. We're
1: good streaky. I want to hit
2: baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming.
1: Time to play beat the
0: streak here on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Our guy T Bone. Tanner is on the line. And uh,
4: before we get to T Bone's selection, Marsh, where are we at? All right. So Tanner is leading the pack right now. He is at seven. Uh, Jamie, you're at two. Anthony, you're at one. Congratulations. You broke your streak of not getting the correct. Okay. Why don't you go ahead correct. and tell
0: everybody what the streak was initially, though? Uh, what did I get up to? Six? Yeah, your highest is seven. Actually, seven. Thank you. Seven. Okay, so yeah, let's let's not I, bury me here.
4: I have no room to talk. I'm at zero right now. Mike Trout. It's like, hey, didn't let's me highlight
0: buried. all the bad moves Ollie makes in a
4: game, but talk about none of the one he made right. Anthony, I think uh, some of the uh, the picks and beat the streak are. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, people overreact to it. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. Fair enough.
4: Uh, so. All right. Tanner. Yeah, but
0: Tanner's winning. T-Bone, right. welcome back in, yes. man. Thank you. Glad to be here. You're rocking and rolling right now. So you had Hunter Renfro last night. Who would you like to take tonight?
2: You better believe I'm coming for Jamie's streak of 10. Uh, can't take a turtle tonight against Otani. Could decide on which angle to take, so I'll play it safe and go Mike Trout.
0: Okay, so T-Bone's got Mike Trout tonight. Jamie, you're up now.
3: Shohei Otani Some of a...
0: Kind of hoping you just that, forgot that
3: garbage. Michaelis throws. Shohei is going to feast on that.
0: I, I just I thought maybe you'd forget about Otani. My
3: first pick of the opposition. Is it? It is.
0: That's a good one.
3: <laughs> it's kind of a good one. I'll take <laughs> it. Take
0: like the best player in baseball. Yeah, you know. I'm gonna take the young shortstop, Zach Nito for the Angels. How about the move he had last night where uh, off the Arenado ground ball, he flip he flips it over for. The DP just using the glove like he's a veteran, Jamie.
3: Yeah, that's right. The backhand flip,
4: the backhand flip, you know it. Mm-hmm. So I got Zach Nito, Marsh. I'm gonna go with the guy that seemed to that seemed he just can't get a hit right now, and it's Nolan that's my guy. I'm going with Arnato. It makes sense though, I have zero, that's my streak. Marsh likes no. to, Marsh likes to do this. You did that with Taylor Motter Yeah. When you were at zero.
3: Yeah, it did it work, work out? No. no okay.
4: Absolutely not. Well, I'm sure it'll work. Uh, I think I did it with Paul DeYoung too.
0: That one Maybe. may have worked.
3: That might have yeah. worked. Actually.
4: Yeah, actually. All right, T Bone.
0: With the way you're the way you're cooking, we'll probably talk to you tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, day game tomorrow,
4: we'll see you Friday.
0: Oh, you yeah. already know. Look at you. You already know the schedule.
4: He has a whole, like, schedule of ah, who's it's getting a 12, hit.
0: It's a 12 15 That's right. T-Bone, we'll talk to you on Friday then. How about that? All right. Talk we'll to you on Friday. Thank you. See you. Thank you. T-Bone's such a nice guy.
3: He's doing really well, too.
0: He's doing incredibly well. Good for him, man. And I, I hear the confidence building within him. He says, "I'm. You, you better believe that I'm going for Jamie's number of 10. Yeah. He's already got... He's, he's resetting the record each and every time now for the listeners. Every time he picks up a hit, he's resetting it. T-Bone's on fire. No doubt about it. All right. Don't forget about the podcast. Go to 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app. Download the podcast. All all brought to you by Dobbs Tower and Auto Centers. Spent a lot of time talking about the Cardinals. We had some moves today that we would make, including the pitcher that had another dud performance last night, starting with Steven Matz. Okay. So he made some moves. Jamie broke down the talent and how the Blues are a tweener team right now when it comes to their roster. So again, listen to the podcast for, to hear why he thought that. We talked about... What we talked about today? Ownership for the Cardinals? Any strategies that you that you can make, or, or any any strategies right now, philosophy wise for the Cardinals front office, and any missteps that they they took in the past to give them get to kind of get them where they are now? Talk to Jeremy Rutherford. It's been a fun show. Appreciate you participating as well. All right, Marsh, what do you got for criticisms and compliments?
4: Yeah, not a uh, criticism nor a compliment, or I guess it could be a compliment, but uh, from the six thirty six, one of the ESPN studio guys last night said they packed a lunch about the panthers i can only assume they listened to the show wow
0: what do you think jamie you're tied with all those guys
3: of course they listen to the show everybody does, right no am i crazy
0: i mean if you're saying if you're dropping pack a lunch yeah. you definitely you've definitely been listening yeah
4: i don't know if they're listening live maybe maybe they're they're catching the podcast sure. brought to you by Dobbs iron auto centers
3: so, either way
0: marsh they're listening
3: so boys we have the cardinals just released here at the wire their cardinals hall of fame class you oh, hear okay it?
1: sure oh.
3: uh the secret weapon gets a jacket jose aquendo has been elected to the cardinals hall of fame nice along with max lanier he's been elected to the cardinals hall of fame and uh, we will see you tomorrow night. David Freeze, 2011 World Series MVP. No shocker on this one. All right, very cool. Elected to the Cardinal Hall of Fame.
0: So that's, of course, via the fans. It's the fan vote. So good stuff there. I love the fact that the fans, and this is no surprise, I'm not placating, but the fans understand what Jose Oquendo has meant to this this club. Mm-hmm. Chris Duncan used to cite Jose Oquendo in the work that Okendo used to do with him in his transformation from becoming a first baseman to an outfielder, and all the work that they had put in. the the work that Jose Okendo used to do when he was on the the coaching staff here in St. Louis, but that he continues to do in Jupiter with a lot of the young players. Secret weapon is absolutely right. So love to see Jose Okendo get the nod and uh, freeze, as you mentioned. That that was kind of a layup. Yeah. Given the moment, the 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 history.
3: Well, it's a it's an iconic. World Series run and moment Several of them that year from David Freeze
4: yes alright March Back to criticisms and compliments from The 314 I really like this one Great show guys Thank you Thank you very much very simple concise To the point From the 636 uh, I'm sorry no Lisa Fun show guys thanks For putting up with our craziness And disappointment
3: Uh, We're right there with you
4: Lisa yeah that's the thing I mean Jamie
0: Jamie and I try to provide perspective at times but we're just as frustrated as you are and we're going to cover this team because you watch well you watch every game as as if it's game seven of a world series which is incredibly awesome so we're going to continue to cover them mm-hmm. and while we're covering them we'd like to see them win so we're, frust- we're frustrated as well plus this just doesn't it just doesn't feel like Cardinals baseball that's that's the sad reality with the way they're playing defensively the, the the timely hitting just there's no nobody's got the devil magic right now they're boring they're boring as
3: they're boring team. crap they are they need a brawl tonight yeah even like right after Otani too because you know that it'll just ignite massive brawls he doesn't even have to hit anybody with a pitch like, anything in tight, close, he's charged them out. That's it. We're going.
4: I'm with Jamie. Do you think Anthony Rendon is a part of that brawl? Probably.
3: Oh, he only fights fans. Good point. Hey, who's we'll be fi- down there, though.
4: Who's fighting for
0: the Cardinals? Arnado. Arnado. And, and Contreras. I'd Contreras. like to see them,
3: like,
4: the old WWE, the tag team, uh, you know, get up against the ropes. You know who's coming in.
3: in with a haymaker out of nowhere? Ooh, Taylor Motter? Nope. Let me Stubby guess. Clapp. Well, that that's a takedown, two leg takedown. Ah.
0: The way you said that was kinda of surprising. Like you, you you wouldn't necessarily pick them.
3: No, I don't know. It's just one that I can completely see in my mind.
0: Hmm. Brendan Donovan.
3: Could yeah, maybe. Alec Burleson. Big old country boy coming in dropping a hammer fist. <laughs>
0: Alright, I could see that. Sure. Marsh's going down to the game tonight. He's gonna bring you a, a cardinal winner. Ish, maybe. Anyways, if you're going down, have fun. Watch Shohei Otani. Maybe the Cardinals will win.
1: See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.